<laughs> With a guest in the tow this week. Once hey. Yeah. Mike, how do you say your last name? Shurtenly. It is Shurten. All right. God damn it. I thought it was Shretton. It's got it's been a little bit of a uh, yeah. little bit of a bet going on. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll just ask him on air how he actually fucking say it. I was no. gonna correct you when you said it earlier, but I thought it'd just be funny to let you muffle it through <laughs> for the uh, the opening here. No, man, it just looks complicated. It isn't actually. Sure. Ten. Lieb. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> German. All German as yeah. hell as a fellow. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 I was yeah. going to ask, like, yeah, what do you know? Like what it is? Or, yeah. Only kind of. All right. <laughs> like on some on some weird Ellis Island stuff. I'm German, too, actually. But uh, my on my mom's side, it's Doolittle, like Dr. Doolittle, which is a German name. That's what Dr. Doolittle is. I didn't know that was yep. a German name. Yep. Pretty sure. Or I'm talking shit. <laughs> am I the third? Am I the third one? Am I way quieter than y'all? Uh, I don't know. Do I need to project my voice? You good? Just get in there. Just get in there. No, you're fine. <laughs> cool. I'm gonna mute you anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be like last yeah. week with no guests. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Getting the Newstead treatment out yeah. here. Sure. Yeah, for real. So Mike finally got to play a drum set with uh, more than two toms, <laughs> like a real man for the first time in my whole uh-huh. life. Uh huh. <laughs> And uh, he's walking around with a massive erection now. So, <laughs> so many times there are a hundred times. It's stupid. In this house. Uh, it's very stupid. I know. And part part of the fun is like I never really set it up like that until it's like, well, I'm just gonna go all the way in and just make it be stupid. You know. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So if you have three, counting the e kit, if you have three kits in this house, yeah, and I have. Six, five or six kids yeah, in my apartment. Nice. Oh, Jesus. I think yeah. you have more toms than I do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you got more kick drums, which is. I got better. way more kick yeah, drums. Yeah. I do. There's another little kit down there that's not set up as well. That's my little. I call it my trap kit, which is just like I'm playing like shitty hip hop lo fi. Like, yeah. you know, like it, you know, it intentionally sucks. But <laughs> actually, I was talking to uh, my friend, my friend Nick Hagen. Shout out to Nick, who's been on the pod a bunch of times. And we do music and shit, and uh, we've been talking about doing some like, uh, like lo-fi loops and shit, and actually like making them, and then like try, I don't know, trying to sell them or whatever, or at least like packaging them up, and yeah. even just giving them away to our friends or whatever. And and then I was like, man, you know, fucking my boy Mike, I know he's got a bunch of kits with a bunch of like random toms and like he's always putting them together in weird configurations <laughs> that, and this shit is true and uh, i was like I'm, if we do it i'm gonna hit him up <laughs> yeah cool do it i would i would love to make some yeah. stuff like that i thought that'd be fun just do like set up for a day or something and like just set up a weird kid and just do like couple beats you know couple beats couple fills or whatever and then break that down and set it up again yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like some yeah. other totally different kit. And Stack like, some symbols up, put some mm-hmm. weird shit on snare drums. Exactly. Just kind of like make some, you know, set up a fucking click track and just make some lo-fi loops. And That sounds like yeah. a blast. It would be fun, right? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, you you tell me when and where. All right. That's tomorrow. That's oh, tomorrow. well, <laughs> uh, I got a show tomorrow, so no. Yeah. no. Obviously, I'm joking, but uh, where are you playing on tomorrow? Uh, the deck in Muskegon. Oh, nice. We were just talking just about the talking deck. About yeah. That. Yeah. 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 Right on the beach. I've played there a couple of times, but Flex has never played there before. Nice. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, it looks uh, pretty cool to play there. I mean, I've been there a shitload of times, but like, it seems like yeah, it's fun. pretty cool. Um, decent PA, good sound guy. The sound guy is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, does is it get hot in that stage? Because it's like a shipping container. I mean, I know it's open on the front, but no, I kind of wondered that. Like, I'm trying to remember the sun f- beating down on that fucker. <laughs> the first time I played there, la- maybe beginning of last summer or even the summer before. And I want to say it was a pretty hot day and it was not oh, okay. oppressive in the box. Yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. Right. I wondered that. I was like, man, those guys got to be dying in that fucking thing. It's just like a, a metal box. Well, on the and beach. honestly, kind of surprising to me. Um, Cause I thought even going in that, like the, the sound quality playing inside, it would be really bad. Right. Same. Yeah. But I think they did a bunch of, I don't know what it's called, but it's like acoustic treatment spray. Oh, like foam kind of shit. Not or even something, foam. Or? It's like yeah. paint. Okay. But kind huh. of textury and does. Right. So, so I think yeah. it's like, like almost rubber maybe. or something. Yeah. Like. But it's not quite like, you're not just inside right, a right. raw metal yeah. box or it's whatever. Flex seal. They went. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Billy Mays here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's what, however it is that they've treated it. Yeah. Um, it both sounds okay in there. That's good. and That's isn't good. a bazillion yeah. degrees. Yeah, they got some killer fucking cover bands in there, man. Every sometimes yep. I've been there, I'm like, but these guys are fucking good. Yeah, you know, bands out of Chicago and shit that are like really laying down some shit. Oh yeah, I saw this band there. They were doing all kinds of sweet shit, and they came out and did a Rob Zombie song. And I'm a huge zombie fan, but they came out in like full like zombie costumes and shit, and did like Dragula and what, what's the other like Super Beast or whatever Super the fuck. Beast, yeah. <laughs> and I was in and you're like it's like four or whatever it's seven o'clock and the sun's shining and people are drinking and i'm just like man these guys are choice this is a lot to handle there's a lot to handle loved it though it was like they're just going all the way in all the way in full commitment to that's the bit. awesome one playing out their part yeah yeah that's badass you guys are playing there yeah it should be fun yeah right now. should be fun so you were also saying you don't know who the damn yankees are and we had to talk about that a little bit <laughs> I knew. It was, hey, I knew it was a band. I just don't know any of their music. Because if you listen to last week's episode, I have uncovered the hat. The infamous hat has been found in the fucking uh, in the boxes in the garage. I had to dig through about four boxes before. Well I worth the time found spend. Yeah, I think it's a treasure to be sure. <laughs> it is. First of all, it's fucking. Well, I have a huge goddamn head anyway, but it's like tiny. First of all, it's. Fucking ridiculously tiny. <laughs> like I got it. Look, I got it set on the very last. <laughs> it's, it's barely holding itself together. Is that a child's hat? <laughs> uh, probably. It's for a uh, sixteen-year-old girls. Is the ass. damn Yankees? Are, <laughs> no, the damn Yankees was a fucking Ted Nugent supergroup from oh. back in the day. It's it's the Nuge. We looked it up. I mean, we knew it was the Nuge and Tommy Shaw. Okay, and from some sticks, yep. right? And mm. the drummer from Night Ranger, yeah, I say it was like that. Night yeah, Ranger cameo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. last week was an unapologetic deep dive into all things damn Yankees. It was the podcast <laughs> that people have been demanding since yeah. the late eighties. When you get right down to it, the news called dead. in. <laughs> he made an appearance on the show, said some racist shit, dipped out. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like late eighties, like power rock. Yes, then? yes. You, you know, know that high, high enough. Can you take me high? Yeah, yeah. That's damn Yankees. Only oh, I'm key. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And others. So this is the same discussion we had last week. Like, everybody knows that song, oh. you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Yep. So anyway, the hat. 
it lives. And the, I found another hat too. I should have brought that down too. It's just a random hat that just says Canada on it. <laughs> I was like, yes, all these right. hats all came out of fucking, uh, did you ever go to value land in Muskegon oh, back yeah. in the day? Yeah, oh yeah. All the time. Well, that's where this came from. This is one of the greatest fucking finds at value land next to Kmart. Yep. I don't yep. think there's any one of about it, my friend. That is, it is the yeah. find to end all finds. You're right. right there, you're right. I also have a hat that came out of there that I think is at my brother's and it says dirt. Dirty Dick the Dirt Hauler on it. And I'm like, <laughs> and I've been bitching at him to same thing. It's like in a box in his basement. I'm like, dude, you got to find that hat for me. <laughs> I got to tell you a, uh, a thrift store hat story. Cool. Um, I don't remember if it was Value Land or a Goodwill, but I was young, you know, maybe 12, 13 years old. Right. And I found a hat with this very weird logo and said sausage on it. <laughs> and a shrimp with wings on the back. I didn't find out until later that that is the, the rehashed version of the first Primus lineup. Oh, and it's the prawn song logo on the back and their album cover. And like, I just bought it because it was a weird quirky hat Yeah, for sure. And it was about the same time that I kind of found Primus and got into Claypool music. And within a year was like, what? Oh my God. I it's bought this. Hat. Yeah, it's like totally meant <laughs> to be. It's just this really bizarre hat, but that kind of sets the new standard in a lot of ways. If a band doesn't have a song-specific logo, it's no longer a band I'm right. interested in listening to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whatever happened to that, but it was sweet. Oh, you don't got it anymore? No. Oh, that's no, no. Well, it's it's not as that. cool as my damn Yankees hat. No, so it's not. Cool. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it was also it was so fucking dusty and shit. I got I got one of those lint roller things and was working on this bitch for like ten <laughs> minutes. Really. It was so gross and it's still fucking gross. <laughs> and that but, damn Yankees hat in prime form, dude. Yeah, it's got all kinds of fucking Ted Nugent sweat in it and shit. It's been in the box since '89. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yes sir yeah so fucking playing with flex downtown what else is going on you're gigging like crazy i'm saying it's been a pretty wild summer yeah i think well i had one friday off a few weeks ago this is the first friday evening off i've had since May or June, yeah. probably. We booked this a while back. Yep. We, and we you checked in, like, for you're like, hey, can I book a show yet? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, We're yeah. a little gun shy at this point on the, the guest situation. Yeah. It's been tenuous at best. Yeah. Yeah. No, lots of, lots of gigging. Been doing some subbing. Uh, I went on a wild adventure and went and played with the Founders All Star Band in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago. Okay. The Founders meaning like the brewery. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. FBC All Star Band. Um uh their usual drummer, uh Scott Hickok, Scotty Rock from Moto. Okay. Uh, yeah. so I shout know out Scott. to Scotty. Yeah, I know him. Got yeah. COVID. Oh and, brutal. And Brandino hit me up like twenty four hours notice. Uh and I crammed homework and I got on an airplane at seven o'clock the next morning. Nice. And went on man. a wild adventure and it was Doing work. super nice. fun. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So first time I'd ever like uh had to check a cymbal bag. Right. And all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Uh what about the drums? Did they like have a back yeah, line back to line do or kit. something like that? I brought yeah. cymbal and snares. Gotcha. Cymbals and snare. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay. So what kind of music is it? Oh, it's I mean, they're like a party band, so it's yeah. like cover stuff. Okay. Um okay. Everybody Wants to Rule the World yeah. and Take On Me. Yeah. And okay. I believe in a thing called love. Yeah. 
Uh, I had to play Everlong, which is a hard song to play on the drums. Yeah, that's a lot of hi hat <laughs> action a, going on. And there, the, right? yeah. the tom fills. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that uh, that thing. bridge part. Everlong might still be my favorite song ever. I fucking love that. It's a great I'm, I'm like, good song. I like Foo Fighters, not in love with them. That song, man. It's every time bangs, it comes right? on, it's yeah. just good, dude. That whole record, man. Yep. That record is just a goddamn masterpiece. Yeah, so that was super fun. Um, spent some festivals over the summer. I was at Pond Jam last weekend, which was a blast. Damn. Uh, did Dunesville this year and Shagbark this year. Wow. Um, I've never heard of any of these things. <laughs> There's like, uh, like yeah. Michigan hippie yeah. festivals, you know, jam, like jam bands and bluegrass. Yeah, bands yeah, yeah, right. Everyone's like some weird, like foresty name or something. Oh, they like, all are. Oh, they all <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, Dunesville is in Interlochen. Okay. Pond Jam is in Rapid City. Shagbark is what uh, Cow Pie was in Alaska. Oh, like Alaska, Michigan, yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah. Alaska, indeed, indeed. the state. <laughs> <laughs> also in Alaska, the state. Yes. <laughs> uh, so no, there's tons of fun, like sleeping in a hammock. Yeah. Get to see a million friends. Nice. Yeah, man. it's good stuff. Nice. Have you ever been to, uh, you've probably been to Electric Forest, right? I have not, actually. Yeah. Neither, neither have I. I, never... I went to both of the Rothberries in like 08, uh, 09. Yeah, okay. Was that, so wait, wait, was that before it turned into Electric Forest? Yeah. Was that, yeah, okay. I don't know exactly what the timeline is. Yeah. Um, When I was fresh out of college, I went to Bonnaroo 2007. Yeah, yeah we talked Remember about talking that. Remember talking yeah, about that? Yeah, we debated it, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then the, like, fell in love with festivals, yeah. like the whole thing. Awesome that the following years, eight and nine, were Rothbury, super close to my house. Yeah. Took a year off and then went to like 10 summer camps in Illinois in a row. Damn. So like kind of decided to do that even as they were building Electric Forest. Just because like I'm more interested in funk bands. Right, right. Than okay. yeah. DJs. Is that what a lot of Electric Forest is? It's very like uh, electronic. I think so. And- I think there's still some bands and String Cheese plays um, right. and all that. I know but- they had Snoop Dogg one year. That was at one of the Rothberries. Oh, okay. All mm-hmm. right. All right. Yeah. And number two. Nice. nice. Um, I, want, I, I really want to go to like one day of Electric Forest, yeah. mostly for art installations. Yeah. Like just to go look at the spectacle yeah, of the thing. Yeah. Well, the actual Electric Forest is supposed to be fucking sweet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take a bunch of fucking drugs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's just like rad. a big psychedelic yeah. type fest, too. That's I would imagine the thing so. out yeah. there. I think. Yeah. I mean, all those. All of them are. Yeah, right. Yeah. To a degree. You, hit, you hitting any of that up out there? Doing a little doing, huh? doing a little mushrooms? Nah, I don't know. Really, not anymore. I don't nah, really mess yeah. with that. No. Nah. Over that. I have a hard yeah. enough time sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done any of that. And we were actually talking about it kind of recently. Like, ah, maybe we should fucking <laughs> bust it back out. Uh, see how it get goes. some shit and, like, you know, give it a go. Um, the kind of grandfather of all these hippie festivals is this weekend is Wheatland. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Where is that one at? We had friends it's in Remus on there. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I went to like seven or eight of those too. Damn. It's really fun. It's super 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 chill. Yeah. It's like it's bluegrass. A lot of bluegrass. It's a lot of folk. A lot of bluegrass. Yeah. Um, I've seen a couple of really really incredible kind of surprise acts there. There was one one year that was like ICP came. Up. Yeah 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 ICP. <laughs> No, like, um, like Tejano accordion music. Whoa. Uh, it was, they were killer yeah. and talking a lot about the history of the music and kind of how it came to be. Right. West Texas, uh, Mexican population, German immigrant uh-huh. population. The music's kind of merged together. Right. Um, I don't remember what they were called. 
and a handful of other like just kind of surprises but it's a lot yeah. of folk a lot of bluegrass right right, right. Um, that shit's hard to play man like bluegrass like the the actual now this guy's playing mandolin and guitar and banjo and everything like it is extremely difficult mandolin Easy. trips me out mm -hmm. so many strings the frets are so small yeah how do you play that many notes yeah yeah <laughs> the frets are like that big they're so tiny yeah it's wild man yeah you ever try to play uh do you, do you actually play guitar or anything no you don't really no, no no man. no sir dude i fucking uh i had like a five string banjo like a regular banjo for a while and uh, man it's it's got that super high string on the top okay and it just fucks me up dude <laughs> i was like this is not for me were you trying to do the um, full like claw thing yeah like what and like i had the fucking thumb pick and the fucking the whole deal mm -hmm. and like you know i'm getting out watching a couple videos and shit like i don't like to learn it's like i'm not bad at the like picking but like th that fucking high string and it's just like i don't know sure. the whole thing makes no goddamn sense dude i'm so played guitar for so long that like to try to like switch it up was right just fucking, and then i ended up and it's in here uh my friend tried to buy a banjo ended up buying a guitar joe or a bantar or whatever you want to call it so it's a banjo but it's strung up like a guitar oh, okay and he didn't want it and uh and i'm like well that's the fucking move <laughs> yeah so he sold it to me for like next to nothing so i was like sweet <laughs> so, oh i have been um only string instruments for me is about a year of ukulele yeah that's yeah. about it right it's here. Like, i see it i see it it's yeah, right there. Yeah. and up. like i know some chord shapes yeah i don't really sing so i'm not like singing and playing tiptoe through the tulips i don't know that one you don't tiptoe what, what the fuck it's uh it's that fucking dude that's from the 80s or whatever it's that weird uh it's oh, not boy george no, it's the other uh, guy tiny tim yeah yeah, yeah i do know that tim song yeah. yeah yeah that's i'm pretty sure on it's him and he's strumming yeah. the fucking yeah oh, it's just been a good it's just like a little bit of introduction to melody world for me yeah a pretty low barrier of entry doesn't tear your fingers up like a guitar right right right, right. my girlfriend's brother was getting rid of one and yeah. i was like oh cool i'll take Fuck i'll yeah, take ukulele nice. i know yeah. nothing about yeah. it and then like so mm -hmm. a friend is like Oh, let me tell you, a couple of the chords, you only need one finger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, nice. Ah, cool. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's set up that way. I don't know a lot about it either, but I got this one, and that's a that one's a, a real one that actually you can play. Like sure. these other things sitting here are kind of like pieces of shit. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that was my first guitar ever, and it's all fucked up. But, uh, <laughs> ain't got uh, no strings on it. No, it ain't got a lot going on. <laughs> uh, and then I have another one that's like a fucking uh, pre-World War II Martin. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not here. It's uh, locked up elsewhere. It's actually worth quite a bit of money. Not like a preposterous amount of money, sure. but like it's worth enough. that. Uh, yeah. I also have a very valuable Martin acoustic guitar. Do you? That I don't know how to play. Really? That's my grandfather's, yeah. Really? You, you hanging on to that? Or? Oh, it's forever. You want to sell it to me? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. No, the only way that thing's getting sold is if like literally every other option is exhausted mm -hmm. and it's like well you're either going to be homeless or you sell the martin like Ten all the drums are already on the corner gone. of the street yeah. Yeah. The martin. it's like if that's not yeah even then it's a tough decision it's a tough choice point, you know? tough choice all right well you know when that day comes <laughs> i think it's you a come, you come to me i think it's a 62 d28 yeah it's magic yeah yeah and like i get like again i don't even know how to play it but like i know a couple of chord shapes yeah and you just pull it out and just strum it once. And you go, yeah. <laughs> Have you had like 
like guitarists like check it out and oh, stuff yeah. like it was one is like still in like prime shape oh yeah and, like because you know the neck can warp and shit can happen. yeah and even um after i started playing with kyle brown who has himself a couple of pretty nice modern martins right i was showing it to him and he was like yeah okay and took uh-huh. all the tension off of it and sent, sent me the link for the little right, uh right, right. humidifier packs yep. and was like yeah this is how you take care of an old guitar nice I was like thanks kyle yeah because i just had it sitting in the case right tuned right, right. up you know what i mean yeah right. yeah you know there's a uh argument about that about string tension on a neck sure people will like it's definitely, I don't know. It's definitely an argument. Like, you know, they're, it's meant to have tension on it. Right. It, you know, that's what the truss rod's there for. It's kind of that it bounces out and stuff. Right. Then other people are like, no, if you're going to store it long term, you should take the tension off. And I'm like, well, then it could kind of, I mean, obviously you could probably readjust it with the truss rod, but so I don't know. But you would like without the tension, something else is yes. putting force the other way. It's now that you're, yeah, now it's not made yeah. to be what it's supposed to be that makes sense to me yeah yeah so i don't, I don't know, know. I, I just like i showed it to kyle and he was like all right yeah. this is what you gotta do <laughs> well that's like, probably for the best i'm like yeah. okay buddy <laughs> yeah I, indeed i don't even indeed. play guitar so you yeah. tell me that's badass that you need to well you should let me borrow it you need to get it on records right you know what i mean like right. le- legitimate players that it's not gonna break mm-hmm. your shit or whatever you right. know like somebody's in the studio or whatever like you know fucking that's a good idea out there. uh i wonder we're doing human condition recording this winter you're gonna have to write oh. some on acoustic just yeah. to- <laughs> well, and, and kyle does play some acoustic on some of the tunes yeah. and i'll maybe he'll want to use that one fuck yeah man bring it in he's got yeah. his own 28 and uh mm-hmm. 18 i think too nice nice yeah. i'm terrible i love martins and i have one but i'm terrible with the model numbers and shit i can't I I'm just, like, eh. I'm just uh-huh. like memorization. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. pick one out of a lineup. Yeah. You know what I mean? People ask me, what's yours? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. I've had it like 15 Guitar? years. Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know. I picked it out. It was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to get another one, but um, you were talking about your Rogers kit a little bit ago. Yeah. So what's, what's the deal? You said you, you took a long time to research it and find the one you want. It's a red onyx mid 60s holiday um what's holiday mean? holiday is like it's just like a series okay, like you know okay. like any gotcha whatever um and it's actually the kick drum and the rack tom are holiday the floor tom is a power tone but it's the same but they're the same finish, finish. okay and what took me so long to f- why it took me so long to find it is i wanted 2012 16 yeah. And I think in those days, 2012, 14. Yeah, that's or 24, 13, 16. Right. Was kind of the thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So I found it in 2012, 16 in the finish that I wanted. I do like a 13 and a 16, though, is a nice. Uh, 13s are a little bit big it is, for me. It is a little big for the actual playing of <laughs> yeah. it. But the, the sound, like the uh, yeah. go, like the interval yep. between them or whatever. And I've got, nice. I've got that 12 tuned real low yeah real low and thuddy you put coated heads on it it's got coated heads on it i'm weird about heads i'm like other than super kick twos on bass drums i don't really give a shit i don't care i just kind of don't care i I can i can see that i was like and now like all the time like no i don't think i've used that one and just like buy a couple and put them on or any kid i'm playing will have three different brands of heads on it or whatever right 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 and it i mean obviously it makes a difference but it's like it's not as big of a difference as like the actual drum itself. 
You know? Maybe. No. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I would say in some ways it's the opposite. Okay. Uh, okay. People think drums themselves make a much larger tonal difference than they actually do. Because you're actually hitting the head and it's the heads that are vibrating. It's like the head, the bearing edge is what's going on uh-huh. where the point of contact of the head. Yeah. But it's like it's the head. It's the tuning. It's the sticks. It's your hands. Interesting. Like uh, there was a thing maybe a year or two ago now. Um, Mike Johnston and Mike Dawson used to do this uh, modern drummer podcast and they would do some of these like like shootouts yeah you know yeah. or there's mic shootouts or whatever yeah and really interesting they like didn't experiment with um both gretsch drums 12 inch rack toms one of them is a modern uh, brooklyn or usa custom or something yeah and then a straight up like round badge 60s use the tune bot exact same frequency mm-hmm. exact same tension at every lug same heads same microphones everything and when you watch the video, it kind of sounds different. And when you just hear the audio, it doesn't. You can't tell. You can't tell. Close your eyes. There's uh-huh. no fucking difference. And like yeah. this weird, like, what's our... Pre- oh, look at the old vintage sparkle yeah. one. It sounds warm. Like, mm, it's like the does old JFK it? debate back uh-huh. in the day yeah. for the uh, audio only on the radio versus the uh, video. It's very strange. Yeah, we uh, we talked to... Uh, russell olmstead the guitar builder here about that with guitars and uh it's kind of the same thing about pickups are so much more important than like the wood and shit. Yeah. it's kind of like then it's the same thing these guys are ripping apart guitars and like you know like this guy literally puts pickups on two saw horses and puts exactly fucking thing and it's like oh this sounds not any discernible difference from my fucking 62 tally right you know it's like it's all the pickups and the strings you know and like and, and your hands yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, but especially the actual, with the playing. Yeah, yeah. And but Russell was saying like some other things about the wood and stuff. He had some. It, I'm sure he knows what he's talking about. He obviously doesn't. But uh, it's just it's very interesting to find out like what actually makes the tone. Yeah, know? and to be to me, man, I like barely, I barely notice a difference, like from playing one wood type or shell thickness yeah. to the next. Like right, right, right. to me, it's like how it's tuned and how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and like, don't get me wrong. Like gear is fucking sweet. Yeah, for sure. And like yeah, having yeah. a lot of it is yeah. cool. And yeah. It, and when it's old, it's cool. Cause it's old. It's yeah. Not, it's not cool, cool. Cause it's yeah. old. And yeah. there's something, even if it's subconscious, like something vibey. Yeah, for sure. About for sure. all that stuff. Like yeah, all that's wonderful. Other, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's survived. And yeah. But sometimes when people like get really, really stuck yeah. on, well, it's got to be birch, not maple. Yeah, like, oh, like, does it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's still going to sound great. Or, yeah, yeah. Or just like not, hit yeah. it. Like, does it yeah, sound good? Exactly. Like worry yeah. less. Yeah. For, like yeah. worry less, play more, you know? Yeah. No, I totally, I agree with that. That's and like, I'm to me all spend all your money on symbols yeah because those sound how they sound true you know they were made by a person and they're all different mm-hmm. and they change over time like the molecules rearrange yeah, over time yeah and they oxidize and yeah. all that cool Patina stuff and stuff and, yeah. so like i would much rather play a 50 dollar cb 700 mm-hmm. drum set mm-hmm. that's tuned and muffled the way i like it yeah 
and a nice and snare drum symbols and yeah. great symbols. Yeah. And honestly, even like a junky snare drum, put a wallet on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, dude, I got a piece of shit snare drum that I fucking love yeah. the sound of it. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like it just fucking, it's made out of goddamn like, it's like not even wood. It's some sort of particle, you know, it's like a, some sort of particle board. Yeah. It's like a press. It's just half glue. Yeah. yeah. And that fucking thing just like, yeah, it's just got its vibe, you yep. know? So, yeah. Uh, what kind of symbols? I mean, like, I know you got a lot of different shit. Like, you all over the place, or do you got Pretty like, all over the place? Okay, so different brands. I like vinyl stuff a lot. Do you? I do. Yeah. Um, never really fucked with them. I've never really played any in any real capacity. I've hit a few at a store or whatever. The like, main stuff that I use uh, are a couple of Byzance crashes, um, and a transition ride to 21 inch ride that's like raw on top yeah. and polished on the bottom uh-huh. um but most of the time i'm playing zildjian 15 inch hollow logo zildjian hats mm-hmm. i remember i, I commented yep. on your video because i was like what the fuck are those hats they sound amazing <laughs> like yes they do <laughs> i love those yeah uh no i'm kind of all over the place i've got some sabian stuff too for whatever reason i don't have any peisty stuff yeah, well for one reason it's expensive well, sure, but, so, but so is all the rest of it yeah they're um, they're fucking if you especially buying a new man pasty shit's fucking woo. I think part of it for me too is like I like grimy kind of low pitched mm. dirty right, sounding right. symbols. So like that a custom yeah glass like in a lot of the yeah, pasty like, like stuff that one down there that yeah. one, that a custom's real bright that and bright mm. polished even pasty stuff has that kind of glassy yeah, quality sure. yeah and there's something about that that i don't like yeah like when other people play it cool but yeah. when i'm playing and i hit it i'm like ah it's not the sound i want there's a certain like style that shit works for though, totally too. like i mean like I, that's what danny carey plays and it where like a lot of that proggy shit it works for and also yep. like uh like I don't know, like fusiony, like when you got the like fast decay and it is shimmery, yep. and then like I'm thinking of like the I don't even know what he plays, but like something like the guy from Dave Matthews Band, like that sort of style yeah. or something. Yeah, like, Carter. Yeah, I don't know what he plays either. Oh, yeah, Selgin, I think probably, probably, yeah. he probably plays whatever the hell he wants. But, um, yeah, it's uh, and like I never ever clean my cymbals ever. Right, right. Never ever ever. Like, let my hand oils, like, bury it in the dirt. Right. That sound better. You know what I mean? I I like to clean my, uh, the, sh- what do you call them? The shiny ones. Like, the brilliant? Ones. The brilliant ones. Yeah. yeah. Like, the A Customs on that one kit down there. Those I've cleaned. Sure. Um, I have a fucking Zildjian ride from the 60s that's, uh, I cleaned it up a little bit because it was so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. I had to clean it up some, but that I think you'd really like that fucking. I bought it for doing like, it's a twenty two and it like just fucking for rock. Like he just fucking like, yep. Just yeah, and it is dark because it's you know it's it's almost like looks almost silver now. Probably it's super so thick old too. It's thick and yep. you just beat the shit out of it and like <laughs> yeah, I bought it when I was doing a uh, some rock. Uh, like kind of i don't know i guess just rock shit on a record yeah and i was playing actually my brother's uh kit that's a, a 13 and a 16 yep that. so i had that and that big ass fucking uh thing and a pair of 15 inch hats yeah you know yeah 
What I don't have Power. that I wish, yeah, that just like the biggest shit. I wish I had some bigger crashes, like a nineteen. And like, it's so you know. funny, man. When I was young, when I was young, it felt like sixteens and seventeens were just like standard. Mm-hmm. And now anything smaller than an eighteen, yeah. I'm like, what's that splash symbol yeah, doing there? Yeah. <laughs> like sixteens, like, like yeah, like when we were coming up too, like playing, it was always like you had like a sixteen kind of up here would be kind of standard, yeah. and like, and now like. Yeah, I don't want anything like eighteen <laughs> twenty usually yeah. for me. And like it used to be too, uh, looking for them. Like you could buy nineteens and shit pretty cheap because nobody wanted them. Kind of like that. It wasn't. And now like you can't even fucking find them because they're sure. so popular. That like trying to even like reverb one up and shit. They're super expensive because everybody wants these huge symbols. They're like really in. I think yeah. the last like five years and metal. I, and I stuff. just think they play better. Yeah, like yeah. there's something too. Like they just they feel better. Mm. Like. It's Give like, me a thin 20-inch crash. Really? That okay. feels the best, like butter. Yeah. You know? That's what I want. I want to replace on the the uh, acrylic kit down there my 18 that's kind of up over the rod. I want to put a 20 there. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Because the fucking ride on that is 24. 24. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 And that thing's fucking awesome, though. It sounds great. You know? I, uh, I've had my eye on Minel makes these big apple dark rides. Uh, they're like real jazzy, yeah. smoky kind of symbols. Mm. They're like uh, like Istanbul's or whatever. Mm. I wish I had more of that kind of shit, too. And they're th- super thin, and they make a 24. Yeah. But, oh, my God, it's like 700 bucks <laughs> or whatever. You know yeah. what I Jesus. mean? Oh, they're, they're all handmade. It's so much bronze. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's this huge thing. I want one so bad, Dude, but I'm like. I got that 24 for like 200 bucks. Nice. I know. It's a lot of bronze. Well, And I was looking for a 22. I just wanted a 22A ping ride. And uh, again, like you, I couldn't, they were out there, but they're super expensive. And I came across this one dude selling this 24. He's like, nobody and, wants uh, it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, I talked to my brother about it and I've told the story on here a little bit. And uh, my brother was telling me that the dude from Journey played all those hits and shit was a, his, it was a 24. Ah. So it's kind of like a little bit of famous thing there that he's this big proprietor of the 24. And I was nice. like, it's good enough for fucking that's, uh, Journey. Steve, it's good Steve enough Smith. for me. Yeah. 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 The mighty yeah. Steve Smith. Yeah. So all those fucking like huge Journey hits from that era were all fucking like played on that okay. symbol. Yeah, so I was like, well, that'll work, and I fucking love it, you know? You gotta have a big old counterweight on the arm? No, but I mean, it's fucking like, you know, it's right. it's solid DW hardware there. It's, uh-huh. you know, With the yeah. legs all the way yeah. out? Oh, yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that one's, she's got her own stand there, that's, you know, yep. that thing's a fucking beast, but yep. sounds really good, I, I really like it. My, uh, my first kit, uh, actually, it came with really nice symbols, it was my a friend of mine bought it from the high school music like the high school drum instructor right okay so it was like a relatively nice drum set that i then bought from him with a z power ride uh, that's basically a is that the like huge a, bell on it it's not the mega bell okay yeah but same idea yeah, like no yeah. lathing it right. it looks like a Spartan shield from yeah. 300 <laughs> and I hated it. Yeah. I hate, I, uh-huh. I had it on the kit cause I thought that's what a drum set looks like. Like right. you're supposed to have a ride. And I just never played it like ever. <laughs> it's like tang, tang, yeah. tang. Oh my God. Yeah. So obnoxious. That trash candy. Like a lot of those, like again, like those metal kind of, I don't know. There's, yep would be playing that kind of shit every like you ever play those like rude where who's making the rude? Oh, yeah that, those are pisty yeah jesus yeah. i can't i can't do it just because of the name they may sound amazing <laughs> but i'm like no i'm not <laughs> those are silly symbols too yeah. man super, super thick 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've always wanted because you know, fucking Danny Carey is my favorite drummer, and he's got that signature ride with paste. You seen that? Yeah, it's purple. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and they make the blue Stu Coupling one too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's kind of like a thing they're doing. Yeah, with like, like the color anodized mm-hmm. or however that works. Mm-hmm. Stuart Coleman's a bad motherfucker in his yes, own way. Is. Very different than Danny Carey. It's funny, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But in some ways not. I'm sure Danny Carey's a, a big fan of that shit. He is. Like, Danny Carey is actually like a fusion player who kind of like fell into this thing that's kind of metal-y or whatever. Yeah. Uh, if you will and that's kind of why it's so awesome because he's you know very much like this fusion guy who's super into uh, you know i don't know not the names escape me right now and shit but like yep. he plays in like fusion bands like outside of that band like all over la and what's shit. the one what's the, the one other band that he plays in i can't remember yeah it's got a really wacky name yeah he's there's a couple of them but the fusion one is uh Oh, man. I could have told you until you asked me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> something with a horse in the title? I don't even know. No. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. But no, they all, they're always playing all over fucking, like, you know, around L.A. and shit. That would be fun. Yeah, I want, a friend of mine's gone to see him a bunch of times out there because he's, like, a massive Danny Carey fan. Nice. And, you know, it's not, like, a big deal. Like, it's just, like, playing, like, the local club. It's just a club, yeah. And so, like, he's, like, hanging out with him out there and shit, like, after the show and shit. So, I'm like, that's fucking rad. I'm trying, <laughs> to, I'm trying to get myself into playing some more, like, fusion kind of music. Yeah. Whether that's, like, with other people or just, like, to stretch mm-hmm. myself. Um, I honestly haven't really had the time or <clears throat> energy to do it, but... I've never really been one to learn by way of like learning a really difficult song. Yeah. Like I might like learn a piece of it or like learn music to perform, but in, but like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I want to take some whatever wacky Herbie Hancock tune or return to forever tune and like really learn it front to back. Even if it takes me two months to do it. Right. Just to get my head inside that. Like, yeah playing that style of music or yeah. keeping track of time signature changes yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That shit's wild. And it, well, so much of it too is like a lot of that stuff's just kind of like not all of it or whatever, but a lot of it's improvised and stuff too. So it's yeah. like, it's never the same. So like you're trying to learn this recording and, but the guy who's actually playing this is kind of like, no, you don't learn it like that. It's what, you know, you just kind of right. like do this thing, you know, or whatever that kit the blue kit down there with all the all the toms that's kind of like a fusion kit that's really what that is with all the little toms and the uh the small hi-hats and it had like four splash symbols on it which are kind of all over on the other kit now but when i bought it all i had the four splashes um shitload of different symbols which most of our broken now is all a customs um but the ride and the hats and those splashes still remain those but all the crashes have been toasted through the years (laughs) but and then it's got like the small tight kick drum and that's and i love it for what it is now but when i was doing like metal stuff that's the you know prog metal and whatever that was the kit we were using and like we wanted like a bigger kick drum and like the snare that's on it and obviously it's not a big deal to switch the snare we never used that snare because it's a thin cracky poppy kind of snare you know and we wanted the fucking huge fat you know so like that kit that's kind of why i bought the other kit was is kind of like just got to a point where i'm like i kind of want my dream kit i could finally do it you know like i'm in a position where i can buy what i want so that's why i got the kit with the huge toms and big kick drum and all that well even like 
we were saying a minute ago about that the gear sort of doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. There is definitely something to be said uh, it, with really any instrument, maybe maybe not so much like bass guitars, but to a point of like the kind of tools for the job. Yeah. That yeah. like, yeah, cool. Shells are shells. Yeah. But sizes kind of make a difference yep. or like. Yep. Like that kick drum, that twenty, it's sweet, but it's it's tight and like it it sounds good mic'd up, but like if you put that just next to like my brother's twenty two inch DW, that's kind of the same drum, same finish basically, it's just not the fucking same. Yep. You know, like that drums just doesn't have the ugh behind it that you know that that other thing does. And it's like and when you're playing like rock, you know, like so that was always a bit of a like, God damn it, you know. Twenty two seem big to me now. Yeah. Yeah. You like a small? small uh, I've got one twenty-two and one eighteen and three twenties. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, the, so my you probably Pearl, like that twenty. Yeah, that's my Pearl kit's yeah. a twenty, my yeah. sonar kit's a twenty, and my Rogers kit's right. a twenty. Yeah. But again, you're kind of doing that like that would make sense. You're playing, you know, in flexidecible and you, play, funk, you love playing hip hop. Yeah. That's what that kit down there is like. So it was like that's amazing for that but like we were trying to do fucking tool and it just wasn't cutting it right. you know what i mean and honestly like, to me it's again it's about feel it's like with a smaller bass drum the tom is kind of lower or doesn't have to be yeah. quite so that, hooked up above your big bass drum a huge benefit you can kind of yep. get your cymbal stands in closer <laughs> yep, it's like yep. and everything's right in front of you yeah yep we, we're the same way like that. I always like to have a real tight, fast kit. Yeah, exactly. But the problem with that is it's difficult to mic, and that's been an issue. Yeah, when you put five toms on it, it yeah, is. Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and I fucking above those toms are splash symbols. You know, so yeah. I had this like row of splashes. So there's nowhere to get a goddamn mic on there. So like the fucking sound guys were always like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> you know, so. I'd be like, uh, hey, maybe don't bring the splashes. Yeah. The splashes are crucial. The splashes are my favorite part. You know, I had a, it was there was like a six, an eight, a ten, and a twelve. And I think the six is not on anything down there, but I think the other ones are are still up. And they're eight customs, and they sound fucking amazing. They're I go. Splashes. It's so funny to me that like for some folks, that's just standard fare, right? They think about playing a drum set, and it's two up, two down three splashes a mm. china a ride four crashes yeah yeah side snare remote hats i'm like yeah. to me that's like the biggest drum set yeah oh, i is. would ever put yeah. together yeah. and then people play like truly big drum sets yeah jesus i know that and well that's the thing though too is i mean there's all kinds of joke memes about your basement drummer which is what i'm doing right you know <laughs> you got the whole rack the gigging drummers yeah <laughs> you know the most minimal fucking possible shit yeah exactly but, yeah show me a photo of your kit and i'll like tell you how yeah, often yeah, you yeah. play out <laughs> i'm not hauling those drums around down there dude they're not they don't move you know like right. i set them up and like mic them up and shit but i'm not out there gigging that kit every goddamn week or nothing fuck that <laughs> can you imagine we're like oh yeah Loden's at five you're like i'll be yeah. there at 2 30 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i mean we kind of did i mean that was the kit that was with it, it wasn't set up 
we, we didn't have all those times. It was just set up with the three up and two down, you know, which is still a pretty big kit, but like it's a lot of times. Yeah. And we weren't using a rack either. And like, that was probably a mistake too, you know, just for the sheer ease of like hauling it up on stage, right. and shit, you know, cause then at least you can assemble it somewhere else. Yeah. And that's what you do is you set up four friends. To help yeah, you put then, it on stage. Yeah, the first thing you do is you fucking, you know, three of you haul the fucking kid up get that set first then everybody else can get their shit yeah <laughs> yeah ain't that yeah. the truth but i like a small kit too like playing that uh it's not set up down there but i was i was telling you i got that what i call that trap kit which is just this random pieces of shit that i fucking found all over the place and like god damn that was fun playing that too you know like uh that's what i was talking about like how fun it would be just and that's what you do is just like set up like eh, today's kid is this yeah weird <laughs> you know yeah. like got this time from here and this time and like you know they're totally different and, and i don't remember if we talked about it on here before but all along for fuck like 10 years now that i've 10 plus years now that i've been doing this punk band short hair domestics kick snare hats crash yeah that's it yeah so no toms, where do you put no the ride. crash left side okay so no So the whole kit is left side. Yeah, there's literally there's no... nothing to my right. Oh, okay. Like nothing at all. Why? Not a floor tom, <laughs> not a ride, no nothing. Usually the way that people will just do the tom or like a floor tom and the snare. No floor tom. <laughs> and it's great. And like it not only is it does it fit the music, it fits the vibe of the band. Right. And I kid you not, every single time I play a show with that band. I get at least one either serious question or jokey comment. Where's the rest of your drum set? Yeah. yeah. Like I got everything I need. Man. <laughs> you know? That's badass. I do want to do a kit. That's a uh, kind of like no crashes though, too. Like kind of like, like the dude from, uh, I'll say fucking, uh, funk band that's that silk sonic shit. I think we talked about that. Some, I was like obsessed with that record. That yeah. dude plays that fucking, uh, it's not like he's the only one, but it's just fucking like, I can say a floor tom, a snare, hats, and just a ride, I think. Yeah, and if, if you kind of got the right ride. You can, you kind of crash it's it a, crash a little symbol bit, too. too you know? and, and, you know, he's just basically only doing a little ping here and there on it. It's yep. mostly just hi-hat and fucking, and I'm like, that's, that's fun. I like doing shit, even though I got all this shit, like doing these exercises of like, what if you take all of this away? Can you still exactly play, you know and like so i'll do shit like that can you still do music where all you got is your ride and a tom and you kick yep can you play music with that you know like just kind of challenging yourself that way and it's funny man i sort of have the opposite where like even just when i got here and sat down stairs i'm so used to playing so much less than that then I sit down and I'm like, well, I could play a whole song and probably not even hit half this yeah, stuff. Well, for sure. Like yeah. I wouldn't even think yeah. to do yeah. a fill that involved four toms. I'd be like, <laughs> hit the one in the middle and hit the one at the bottom. Yep, like, yep. I mean, that's what you do. The rest is all just for show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all for show. Sure. Which uh, that just makes me think of. Um, I always that always cracked me up, and I learned later that maybe he was. They were two different sizes, but you see those old like Pink Floyd photos and Nick Mason has two bass drums. Yeah. And like there ain't a single Pink Floyd song in the yeah. whole catalog <laughs> yep. that requires two bass drums. Yep. Yeah. He wasn't. Well, it just kind of wasn't like a thing like it is now of like like riding on double kick. Kind of was so, Louis yeah. Belson, man in the 40s. OK. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Nice. 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 Yeah. But it's, it was like but also at the time 
it was just if you're playing rock and roll drums, you have two bass drums. Yeah. You yeah. know? Have you ever played a kit with two bass drums, like an actual double kick? A li- only a little, but I'm again, I'm so bad at it because yeah. I like have never even really owned a double pedal. Right, right. That I'm like, I do exactly like I did downstairs, a little one and a two. That's yeah. all I got. But I've like only like sat down on one like one time at a music store like a million years ago and like god damn would it be sweet to like have that too but i mean that's also totally crazy you know what dude. uh what most of the pros are doing now that have two bass drums uh, yeah a lot of them are faking it with a double you pedal. just play a double pedal and yeah. the other one's just for show yeah, yeah which makes sense for the sound guy yeah that's what I, well that's the whole point and yep. that, that's what pat from isd does yeah and it, we talked about that on uh he talks all about it on this sure. podcast about why he's doing it like that and stuff and he learned that from the guy from uh fate's warning i think or something like that was doing that and he's like why do you do this and he's like because you only got to have one mic and it's consistent and like and if you don't i mean if you have two kicks like in your fucking gigging or touring or something like you need a fucking roadie like you need yeah. a, a, a drum tech like that you have to tune that shit exactly like, and even if they were t- even if you like used whatever tune bot and got them exactly the same like well is your blanket inside touching the same amount of the head yeah, like yeah the variation between yeah. two of the same drum yep, like yep Oof, what a nightmare. Yep, because I was thinking about it at one point when I before I bought this kit. I was thinking, well, maybe when I do buy my dream kit, maybe it is. And actually, my brother kind of talked me out of it for those reasons. He's like, you kind of think you might want that, but I think that's going to be way more work than you want to really get into. <laughs> one of the things that I would love to do, um, you know who Stanton Moore is? I know the name. It's a New Orleans guy, leads the band Galactic okay. and some other stuff he's playing these days regular 20 inch bass drum and then like over to his right in like further out than his ride is a 24 yeah and next to his regular kick pedal is one side of a double kick pedal right and just the like cam arm yep so you've got a regular, yeah. regular and then like a big old bottom yeah. thumper yeah and that God. sounds awesome that is fun that yep. does seem like that would be super and it fun. just looks wacky to yeah. like see another yeah. kind of orphan yeah. giant bass drum <laughs> like, that's cool that is badass that yeah is i like badass. doing that or i'd like to do that i mess around a little bit i've got a great big uh old marching bass drum like a 28 inch ludwig nice. and put it in front of another bass drum yeah yeah because uh, it sucks to play mm-hmm. sucks to play with a pedal but it's pretty cool to like yeah. just use as like a resonate does it have legs on it yeah dw makes these little clamp on legs that oh, just go over a hoop so you don't have really? to drill holes or anything yeah Okay, I got to get some of those for my fucking little trap kit. They're it, cheap. It doesn't have any legs on it at all. And uh, <laughs> and I put a, uh, you know, the old trick, you put a brick in front of it or whatever, and that, that's fine. I put a fucking, I had one of those weighted blankets, you know what those things are, yeah. with like the glass beads in it or whatever. And uh, I put that motherfucker in it for the muffling and shit, but it also had enough weight where it would pretty much keep it in place. It would, you know, and with the with the pedal on it, it would hold it there. Sure. Pretty I mean, it wasn't great, you know, but like little, it worked. A little yeah. unstable yeah. side to side, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. It got the job done. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty cheap, too yeah yeah real easy just like they come on and off super easy well did you see i don't know if you noticed on the 20 down there i have one of those things that it's like it lifts it up i on did the, see uh, that yeah. yeah because so it keeps your beaters uh centered in the drum yep and 
also like so your beaters will be hitting like it's at an angle and something i don't know that fucking really matters but like for for me it was like the beaters because i like them really high so there's a lot of yeah and shit to them and so like they were hitting way high on the drum so like you're, you're not hitting in the center of the kick drum so you're not getting you know the, the best tone you could basically right. or whatever so i got one of those things this seems to get the job done you know pretty cool yeah i've played like 16s and 18s on risers before I've never played anything that small. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I bet. That's kind of weird. You take it like a floor tom and like, dude, I've seen like. Yeah, they make little like cradle shit. things yeah. you can put yes. in. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, got a little yeah. 18 and I just yeah. play it. The beater just hits way above center and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When at a certain point, like you're saying, it's fuck it. It makes the sound that it makes. Yeah. Like, does this sound cool or and not? And like, but, and again, too, like, I'm not playing like bop jazz. Yeah. It's not tuned up to be like boom, boom. Like, right. I want it to be thuddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to have a hoodie in it. Put a microphone on it. <laughs> yeah, like, indeed. Indeed. You know, indeed. it goes thump. That's all that really matters. <laughs> Boys, I got fucking hammered last night. Oh, yeah. How do you I, feel today? I had not good. And I'm drinking again right now. But I had to, like, call into work today, basically. I, I worked from home and I did I did work. But, like, I didn't actually get up until, like, 930. <laughs> 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 like, I'm usually at work by 830 or something. But so I went to uh, see one of my favorite bands. Do you know the band Finger Eleven? I saw your post. I know the name, but I don't really yeah. know anything about them. So they've had some hits and shit. Like so actually, some huge hits. They had that Paralyzer song and One Day, I think, or yeah, something like that. And uh, I was really, really into them for a long time. And I'm like, then they kind of like fell off. But it, you know, they were one of my favorite bands from back in the day, right? And so like they're out there doing it again or whatever, kind of put their shit back together. And uh, so I get tickets and fucking uh, pretty excited and I fucking. Uh, we go out there and so well so first of all it's at the pyramid scheme and uh i'm two drinks in at, at dinner already so go to the pyramid scheme and uh we go in and the singer is standing there playing pinball but i know that it was him now but at the time i was like i was like is that the guy and you know you see somebody in person and they haven't seen him in a long time <laughs> and he's like and like you know no shade but he's put on like a lot of weight so like <laughs> you're just not quite sure like i was not 100 percent, but i was like 75 percent. but i didn't want to be that dude that was like hey are you the guy you know and because like he wasn't he was just like kind of like scrubbed out a little bit too and shit you know they're on tour and whatever oh yeah like, you know so but like i don't want to be like hey man and him be like what no you know my name is bill yeah. i repair refrigerators <laughs> what are you talking about you know so anyway, it's kind of a regret. I, I didn't talk to him. So we fucking uh, go in and I start fucking drinking more. And like uh, the last time I was there, I got preposterously hammered. I didn't know that like they're known for super strong drinks there. Drinking cocktails? Yeah, I'm drinking uh, Jameson and Coke and then Jameson and Ginger. And so I'm getting I'm getting pretty fucking getting pretty lit up surprisingly and unfortunately not a lot of people there you know so it was only like maybe half full on a thursday night i suppose yeah yeah but even like i mean finger 11 like they had some like pretty big fucking hits you know so i thought maybe it would be more but yeah so anyway i'm fucking uh the opening bands play uh this local band called lokella um, yeah i know i kind of know that singer yeah. and drummer yeah, yeah, she's cool. I think that so Joel Ferguson, uh, who was on the pod a few months ago, he introduced us to them. 
uh, said you should check these guys out because we were asking him, like, you know any bands? You know, he's producing and shit. Like, who should we talk to on the pod? And he said you should uh, get them on. So they're probably coming on in a little nice. bit. Uh, so, But they got on after, they, like, they added the local band, you know, probably because the ticket sales weren't great, as they yeah. do. And so they got on after the fact. So it's just cool that I was, like, got to check them out. Um, I liked it a lot. And then that uh, Eva Under Fire played next. You know, I'm not them? familiar with that one. They're from Detroit, and they're, they've kind of, like, they got some big fucking videos and shit. Like, they did a Journey uh, uh, Separate Ways recently, and it's got, like, a lot of views. Like, um, and she's a fucking badass singer. It's just, this, I don't know, it must be Eva, I guess. I don't know. And, <laughs> you like, one would think. Right, right, right. Uh, and, man, but she can she can belt. But they're, they're a little more, like, little more, like, radio rock, like, it's almost like shine down with a female singer or sure. something, you know. Um, Is Finger Eleven pretty heavy? Yeah, they can be, but it, they, he doesn't scream or anything. So it's like kind of like the heavy guitars, really nice, like tight arrangements, uh, excellent fucking bass player, um, great lyricist and singer and shit. Like it's it's always been like right up my alley. Um, do you know Our Lady Peace? Yeah. Very similar in some ways. The the guy that was producing those Our Lady Peace records was also producing the Finger Eleven records. They're both Canadian. They were both huge <laughs> in Canada. There's gotcha. a lot of crossover there. And those are two of my like favorite bands. Okay. Uh, of that era. So uh anyway, so those the opening bands play, then fucking uh Finger Eleven comes out. So I'm like on my third one of these fucking whiskey and cokes now <laughs> and so i'm getting pretty fucking lit up and uh i'm in the very front of the stage you know it's like i say it wasn't it's not a huge place it wasn't sold out so like i'm like on the stage you know and they're fucking so they come out and they're fucking playing and i'm like cl- the guitarist and singer are like closer than me and you are now <laughs> so it's like one of my favorite bands and i'm drunk and it's one of those things where like you know like i still know every word to fucking every song you know what i mean and like i was really into those records and so like i'm just fucking hammered i'm just singing it up just fucking you know like the fucking uh I, i'm taking a video one from us and the guitarist is like looking in my video giving me the point and shit and like <laughs> the whole, whole fucking they like they then uh susan she goes she goes yeah you were rocking out harder than anybody in that place oh yeah <laughs> and i'm like hey i fucking love these guys what can i say i'm gonna th- i'm gonna support i'm gonna fucking you know have a good time it's a it, goddamn shame you didn't have any of the street team vhs's well so I, do you see i got it out we've talked oh, about no. this i was on their street team when i was like 14 and they sent me this uh fuck f- yeah fucking box full of vhs <laughs> tapes with their videos <laughs> from this record it was their second record and i was looking at it today and this is what's hilarious is it says three videos and it's the single uh first time the second single drag you down and then another version of the first single <laughs> first time. it's not even three actual videos <laughs> but the infamous part of the rest of this story dude and i'm, I'm sorry to anybody who's listening i've told this like 10 times is <laughs> these were sitting in the uh my dad's basement for years on the bookshelf like lined up and he started systematically ebaying them for like three (laughs) dollars so like and he had this like a running listing so like every like year one of them would sell (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like how much are you paying on postage for these just taking a hit to get rid of them yep 
<laughs> so I managed to keep one. It's still sealed. It's going to be worth big, big money someday. Still on the VHS. Yeah, so I, I went on the hunt for that. I had to find that in the collection, too, to prove that that was fucking real. Well, I'm sure if you, uh, if you weren't making too much of an ass of yourself, they were probably thrilled to yeah, have somebody yeah, that yeah, enthusiastic yeah, yeah. in the front row, you he, know? He made some comment. The singer's like, I see you guys singing along to the deep cuts. And I'm like, he's talking about me. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. And then uh, very end of the show, they finish up. Uh, they did a cool uh, Pink Floyd cover for uh, Encore. They did that. And then they did that Paralyzer song, which is what Pink Floyd song. Uh, Welcome to the Machine. Tight. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was just awesome to see this guy who's like an incredible guitarist, like right here like you're like right at dick level you know like so he's just like and these guys they throw it on like the guitarists like go fucking nuts the other guitarist like keeps he like takes his guitar off and like plays like with no like the straps not on and it's like he's holding his guitar like way out here and like wailing around and shit it's pretty wild and he looks seems like seems difficult it does it does yeah and he looks like gandalf now he's like got an <laughs> enormous beard and you know they're all gray now and shit yeah. hair down to his ass this fucking dude so i'm like is gandalf is playing his finger 11 now <laughs> uh so the, yeah the show finishes and i fucking uh i reach up and i get the fucking fist bump from the guitar so, so nice. that, was, that was huge teenage you was yeah thrilled. it really was yeah it really brought me back to a certain time uh yeah but uh finger 11 is fucking awesome like they really nice. did make some great records great songs it is like my kind of one of my favorite things is basically i like heavy guitars with singing over it sure that seems to be like sort of a trend of like my favorite bands you know what i mean mm -hmm. and they were kind of like very much like that well i mean yeah like you're a tool fan yeah yeah uh the last time i was here we talked about queens right <laughs> yes you know, yeah, like, yeah. You know all that yeah, sort of makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. as like heavy guitars right. clean vocals yeah. you know That's did key. you ever end up completing the queens homework is the question i know i listened to that record but <laughs> nice you know was that a a mind crime where we talking <laughs> yeah, about mind, mind crime, mind yeah yes yeah yes sir and as i'm sure i said before too I am very guilty of uh, breadth, not depth, where I listen to right. tons and tons of music like one or two times. Yeah. You know, instead of really, really digging deep on something. I do kind of like both. I'll do that. You kind of like, but then there's certain stuff that I'll like, oh, this is for me and I'll yep. like deep dive on it, you know? Yeah, but it's got to catch that. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, exactly. I'm listening to this yeah. again tomorrow. Yeah. You know? I'll like listen to shit that I know I'm not going to like just to educate myself. Sure. Like what's popular or somebody's talking about whatever, you know, or something like, all right, I'll listen to it. And I'm like, this is not for me at all, but I want to like know what is like being made. That's, Even like that's good rap and pop, like the super like the shit the kids are listening to. And oh, man, <laughs> some of it is just fucking awful. But so well, at least you're giving it a chance, though. Yeah. And it's like, well, let's hear what is this actually about? Uh, the rest of that story basically about me being super fucking drunk is that uh, so I have like four of these fucking things at the club and I already had two cocktails at the thing so I'm fucking lit up and we go to fucking uh, <laughs> the breakfast joint afterward and fucking like eat breakfast and uh, I get home I'm fine I'm alright you know I wake up like two hours later like oh no <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those nights you know I'm like uh oh who this is not good i got like the cold sweats going on kind of thing or whatever i'm doing the 
<laughs> I just lay there doing that, you know, for, doing for a little like, mod style yeah, deep seriously. breathing. Shit. This is on. Keep it together. You gotta maintain it, you know. So, and I did. I did not puke, but man, I was. It was. You probably would have felt better this morning if you did. Well, it was one of those things where I was thinking about it too. You know, I, you kind of get that thing going like, all right, am I going to get up and head into the bathroom and hang out there a little bit just, <laughs> just in case yeah. things are going to go south here, you know, like, like, ooh, I might have to get this done, you know, and I'm like, nope, got to hang on. It's a touch so, and go situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, anyway, that, that, was, that was about it. I didn't end up puking, but yeah, this morning I was like, oh my God, I felt fucking raw. Yeah, yeah, I was not feeling good. I did. Uh, I posted that video though on Finger Eleven. Also, fucking responded to the video, which was awesome. Tight. Too, so, yeah. <laughs> Tight. Yep. I did not see Finger Eleven this week, but what I did catch, gentlemen, oh, yeah, was a little fucker. Alice Cooper. What? A little Alice Cooper pine knob throwing it down on a Tuesday. Oh yeah. And zombie and and zombie ministry and filter, and which we didn't see. So yeah, we got there kind of right when filter was wrapping up the set. We were hanging out outside, grabbing a quick bite. Heard and they closed with "Hey man, nice shot." Yeah, of course, sure. had that yeah. nice shot. So no idea how filter was ministry was a crippling decibel level dude the, the noise factor <laughs> and i forgot earplugs i was yes. just like oh this Even is gonna the be outside a rough, show, rough huh? evening. dude you have no idea wow. we have really really good seats we're like maybe tennis rows back oh just yeah see the pa so we're like in that because they're running it for the people in the back of the yeah. lawn yeah yeah, yeah. and it was just deafening on every day <laughs> you were talking about the death clock bass just yeah. thumping your yep. chest i'm just yep. like oh there there are some bad yep. physiological things that are yep. gonna go along Did it, uh, cooking your organs yeah was, you know, the, was the following band less loud yeah alice cooper followed them significantly quieter i mean ministry that they were just like we're gonna make up for whatever we had you know because that's it's super heavy industrial shit. Like, yeah, right? I'm not like yeah, it's kind of like on... old school metal. I had nothing yeah. on ministry, and I've got this dude next to me that's a diehard, yeah. right? And we walk in, they get going with the first song. He's like, "This is old school." I'm just like, mm -hmm. "Yes, yes, it is." <laughs> that's classic awesome, ministry. The ministry, like that skull shirt face thing. Yeah, you know, all the stickers and t-shirts yeah. and shit. Whole crossy yeah. and stuff. So ministry was choice. They threw down. Then Alice Cooper comes out. And Alice Cooper more than holds his own still, and he's got to be what seventy two, yeah. seventy. If not older, there. yeah, yeah he's, yeah, he's getting up there. So that was choice, but full top hat. We're talking yeah. saber. We're talking decapitation. Yeah, straight jacket. The whole show, the whole yep. shooting match. Uh, had the what was the other thing? Oh, he had an Alice Cooper cod piece, which is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like of his own face? So it was it was an Alice. I couldn't see the face. My hope is that it was, but it definitely said Alice Cooper on the belt of the cod piece. So that nice. was incredible. Was the cod piece also wearing a top hat? <laughs> no, it seemed to be a glaring, uh, glaring oversight yeah. on his part. That's top priority. I got to get one of these Alice Cooper cod yeah. pieces. And he needs just to sell those as merch. Town. Yeah, dude. Somebody has soaked me a little bit. Uh, uh, zombie absolutely throwed or threw down as zombie tends to do man zombie's one of the choicest live shows and it was great man had the uh the pyrotechnics going full Did creeper it. and stuff yeah pretty fucking killer that's great so after the show we thought we had a great beat on where the car is at right and we pull in we're like oh man we're in the back corner we're gonna get out immediately easy access so we're fucking hauling ass up there so we can beat the crowd we can't find the car 
We're walking around for one hour in the oh. Pine Knob parking lot after the fact. There are no cars there. But we're just like in this marginally obscure spot. It was a real Blair Witch situation for a hot minute there. I'm just making videos in case my <laughs> dead body's found days later, just sobbing full tears. Oh, I'm so scared right now. So I was intense. It looked like Tom Hanks from Castaway by the time we actually found that bitch. But. Well, you had a pretty hard time uh, navigating Pine Knob last time we were there, too. Directions uh, have not historically been my forte. Yeah. You and me both, yeah. dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> getting pretty hungry by the end of the day. I ended up killing a homeless guy for food. <laughs> we uh, found the car immediately thereafter. <laughs> I lose my car every time I go to the grocery store. For real? More or less, yeah. Guy. I come out the door and I go, oh, fuck. Uh, Where did I park again? Remember, shit. we're in the itchy lot. Hitting the fucking blinger. Yeah, exactly. The fucking hole the- boop, boop. Yeah, and mine doesn't make any noise. It just flashes the lights. Oh, I shit. Gotta look for it. Every time, dude. Every time. Well, I guess we got to wait till it gets dark. Yeah, yeah mine's God. got a radius of about five feet as well. Someone's walking there like a fucking dejected, sad child just going, oh. Did you no. drive? I did indeed. I decided to throw it down with the free tickets and whatnot. Yeah, indeed. Felt like the classy gentleman moved. It really you know? is. Yeah, that was a huge. I was pretty pissed when I when I found out that something good happened to you and you were going to go see that. I was pretty upset about it. Couldn't have happened to a more <laughs> deserving human being in a lot of ways. You know, like, son of a I'm bitch. A pretty tremendous guy. He doesn't even like ministry. <laughs> like I don't like I. <laughs> that sounds like a rad show though. I, I know it's a huge lineup. I haven't been to uh, any concerts in a while, honestly. Yeah. I've been going to a lot. Seems like, and I got a bunch on the plate, and there's a bunch more I want to see. It's like every fucking killer band's like touring because I think like because of COVID and shit, like nobody yeah. toured for a long time, and like I might go see Mars Volta next yeah. Friday. Yeah, we're going. We got tickets. Are you? Yeah, hell yeah, yes, sir. I just all time favorite bands. It's a weird thing, man. I, obviously, I love music, but like, dog, I've played. Th- 37 36 shows since june 1st yeah oh jesus christ like sometimes i don't want to go yeah to a concert. yeah you're like yeah no that's what like i did that it's already. almost like you're going back to work in a lot something. of ways yeah. it is or like uh-huh. i find i like get really antsy about halfway through every if i'm just a spectator I like have all this weird. I'm supposed to be doing something. Like you got to load in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. Be, even like even a local show. Yeah. Just go to a place to like watch some people play right. halfway through. Like, oh, where's my drums? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, you're just ha- just hanging out, man. Right, like, it's OK. Right, right. You've got like sympathy pains, pregnancy yeah. style on mm-hmm. behalf of the band. That's actually yeah. the show on. Or get like two in my head, like thinking about the technical side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you can't actually just enjoy the like. It's very fucking, difficult, yeah, to just yeah. kick back and enjoy it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You but should uh, definitely go to that Volta show. I probably should. I gotta shows. go to Ann Arbor the next day, but yeah, it's a lot. I can see why you're like, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Like sometimes uh, it's like, hey, do you want to go to this show? I'm like, I would really like to see that music, and then I start thinking about the uh, entire yeah. ordeal, and I'm like, like I don't want to leave the house. Like, I, no, <laughs> I think I'm gonna stay home. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm mortified about this potential set list because, yeah, Volta, co-favorite band, marginally below Tool, probably. It's like a 1A type thing, but that new album, I just can't get down with it. Dude. That's because it's just... not like the other stuff. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Really uh, it is John Theodore playing drums, though. Yeah, so that's I heard. Bon- but it's not. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll here. On the, on the new tour? I thought so. I could be wrong, though. Or no, maybe it's that. 
Maybe it's that Robin Laney went and saw Queens of the Stone Age, and that's John Theodore playing. John Theodore with them definitely plays the Queens of the Stone Age. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm just getting my wires crossed. Yeah, okay. I was and like, maybe I, I had, heard that I was like, he's so good. Uh-huh. Oh, if he was back, because that's actually my big gripe is Volta always had like the best drummers, and now it's kind of like the drums aren't really like a thing in it. Like, I mean, there's drums. It's not like, but it's not like it was. Like with fucking what's the other guy Thomas Pridgen Pridgen like, uh, Dave Elitch toured yeah. with them for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the drums are such a huge part. It always seems to be for me my favorite bands are bands that have just the fucking killer drummers. You know, for probably obvious reasons. But mm-hmm. I almost didn't re- like recognize that until like later in life too. And sure. you know what was one that did it was a uh, we've talked about this a little bit, but uh, a big Porcupine Tree fan, Gavin Harrison. Gavin Harrison. And uh, so they break up and Steven Wilson starts doing all the solo stuff. And I'm just kind of like, just turns out I'm kind of just a Gavin Harrison fan. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like I get that. Uh, I totally get that. It's kind of all part of the same soup, though, right? Like it's generally you're not going to have a drummer that's super badass and heavy or whatnot and then have everything else be so disparate right so kind of inherently like if you've got that killer drummer component yeah oh for sure yeah yeah, usually and there is also too there's this kind of thing about like like drum like a drummer and a rhythm guitarist these guys like you know like a lars and james hatfield they just like have this fucking thing that just is magic yep or you're fucking you know led zeppelin or whatever like there's this this chemistry between these certain people and that is kind of like there's something about steven wilson's music when gavin harrison plays on it like he gets it in a way or something that it creates this magic yeah and there is like that aspect of it too but it's kind of like without Gavin Harrison and then he goes and plays with fucking the pineapple thief which is pretty much the same goddamn band as far I mean not literally it's not the same people but it's like literally like the same name the same (laughs) very similar music very similar music it's great they're great too but it's like now I'm kind of like a fan of this band (laughs) just follow Gavin around you like crimson pretty much Uh, I do like them I never really got into it, and it seems like I should be. It's one of those things where, like, people are like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it kind of, it never really, like, their early stuff didn't do much for me at all. And then, like, the later stuff, like, eight, almost like the 80s shit where it's like. That's my favorite yeah, shit. Yeah, like, Tony Levin, like, who I love, you know, and stuff. Like, that shit's cool. Um, I mean, I fucking love Tony Levin. I'm going to see Peter Gabriel here soon. That's another concert oh, nice. coming up. And, uh, God, how old is he? Mm, he's in his 70s too yeah sure yeah his dude his new music's fucking great it is awesome great he's been releasing he's had this new album in the works for 20 years or whatever and he's putting out a song every month this year on the full moon and that's the (laughs) album which is kind of a fun thing so it is a fun thing part of me is like i wish he would just like make it an album and like drop this album but it's kind of like well it's a different time and like you get to live with each song a little bit more you know and he keeps the fucking train rolling or whatever but i was like a little nervous like is this gonna be garbage you know what i mean like no that's why like that's why i'm like glad to hear that uh that deep into a career that long that like he's still making like interesting new stuff it's not just rehashing the old vibe or whatever yeah and i mean it sounds like him of course but it's like it's 
high quality. And I mean, it's still kind of like the same band too, which is cool. You know, nice. it's Tony Levin, that cat David Rhodes who plays guitar and like all shit. Manu Ketche, you know, Manu Ketche. Of course, famously played with Peter Gabriel on all that old shit. Okay. Like Sledgehammer, all, all that yeah. like classic Peter Gabriel. That's all Manu Ketche. Those are all got to be super old guys now. Yeah, yeah. They're all getting up there. I mean, Tony Levin, same. I mean, that dude was playing with John Lennon and shit, you know? Yeah. The shit he did on that Liquid Tension experiment. Unbelievable, dude. dude. Tony Levin on Liquid Tension. (laughs) Liquid Liquid Tension, a.k.a. Dream Theater. What's better? (laughs) Minus me young, dude. Swap in fucking Levin for me young. I think it's everybody else. And get rid of the singer. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Well, Tony Levin was talking about it. He's like, yeah, when Portnoy uh, put this band together, I knew I was going to be playing with John Petrucci, and uh, I started chopping up. He was like, yeah. he was like I knew it was going to be like a yeah. crazy fucking... Those tunes are wild. Yeah, I really, really like, like that stuff. Yeah, me too. I really like Did that stuff. Did you catch stuff. the new one they did just like two years ago or whatever? Like during It was also during COVID when they weren't touring, so they finally had time to May- do the third one. Maybe, but not in a way that's like familiar to yeah, me. Yeah, it's not... In, in a way... It's still great. It wasn't maybe as good. It's not quite as, I don't know. They were younger and crazier and just like really going all out, you know, back in that, that sec liquid tension too. There's That's something, the man, there's something too about the, just kind of like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, when people do super group kind of stuff yep. or like, like damn Yankees. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or even just like, like one off projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's a, uh, I had a bunch of conversations over this last weekend because I spent all weekend at a music festival surrounded by a bunch of my musician friends. Yes. Yeah, all you're talking about. Well, I like I want to play songs with all of my friends. You can only be in so many bands at once. Yeah, right. For sure. And a lot of conversations about it'd be difficult to do, but I want to do like temporary bands. Yeah. Like where yeah, the yeah. whole goal is. You, yeah. Get put together a lineup. You do this. Write six tunes, yep. put out an EP, play three shows, and that's it. And that's it. Yep. You kind of get the best of both worlds with super groups because if it's a band band and they're, you know, relatively young musically speaking, you've got to have that ramp up time to gel and learn your craft and all of that stuff. Yep. If you're a super group and you're coming in as a super pro, you know your shit, you're getting ready to lay it down, you're just gonna go in there and knock it out of the park. But you also get the benefit of that initial excitement. And it's like this yeah. is a new thing. We're all together for the first time. Yeah. And creativity's flowing. So mm-hmm. you're you're kind of like taking the yeah. old that's you know, so very the true. Maturity very true. of yeah. that stuff uh-huh. and meshing yeah. it up with just that raw that fucking enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably all and even like in a writing scenario, like yeah. everyone knows how to communicate. Yep. You don't have to like teach each other stuff. Yeah. You can just roll in. You all speak the same yeah, language yeah, yeah. and just right. get it done. And when the egos aren't there and everybody's just like totally open to like, yes, let's do that. Hey, you know, yeah. it's like some guys like, oh, let's do it like this. Yes, let's do it like uh-huh. that. Yeah, you know, like whatever. Let's all fucking. That reminds me of. Uh, do you ever catch uh, Killer Be Killed? You ever hear those guys? Oh, yeah, it's Dave that... Illich stuff, right? Uh, yeah. Or... No, it... is that him? I think he is the it drummer is. in that band. Yeah, yeah and is it? Max Cavalera? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On guitar. Mm-hmm. And then uh Troy the Sanders from Mastodon. Yeah. On bass. And the singers that Greg uh Prosciutto Ham or whatever his name is. <laughs> Greg, Greg I forget his From fucking... Dillinger? Yeah. 
Pussy yeah. Adam. Yeah, yeah. It's his. He put that band together, basically. Yeah. He, yeah so like, he was uh, kind of looking to do something and started talking to, actually to Max Cavalera, and they kind of got it going. And then they got the drummer and uh, Troy Sanders heard they were doing that, and he goes, he goes, uh, they were playing a gig with fucking uh, Dillinger or something. He goes up to him. And he goes, so I heard you got this uh, thing going on. He's like, yeah. And he's like, who's playing bass? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I'm playing bass. Right. <laughs> like, right. And he's like, okay, <laughs> I guess you are. <laughs> Dude, it just sounds like so much fun mm-hmm. to be able to like. And they all sing, which is very cool <gasps> because, you know, that Greg dude's probably arguably the best singer of them. Uh, Troy's good, too. I'm not a huge Max Kevlar doing a scream thing or whatever, sure. but that's fine, too. But it is cool that it'll just be like, you know. Ah, you take the verse and I got the chorus and Max screams on the bridge and you know, or, and then they're harmonizing too and shit and like, uh, and I think they've done two records and like that second record is just like, like fucking unbelievably good. Like I, I was like I, this should be like this is almost kind of better than anything all of them are doing in their other bands, you know? Like this is for me. <laughs> it just seems like so much fun to me. Yeah. To- I mean, that's been the driving force in my multi-band all along. Yeah, yeah. Play different with different people. Yeah. People got different ideas, do different shit. Yeah. So, well, I it's wish- like anything else. You get that exposure to different thought processes yeah. and ideas, and it's going to help Just you grow, fun. obviously. And all the time, I, like, play these gigs or go play these festivals and watch my friend's band play and be like, I love the way he plays guitar. Right, right, yeah. Like, I wish I was playing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's like also one of my drummer friends that's killing it and they yeah. should be in that band and it's their band. But yeah, I'm always yeah. like, yeah. well, oh, I want to be in this own mix. spin on it and yeah. how you would do if you were inserted into the, you know, the yeah. back that you're doing your thing. Mike's over here tying up his friends and shit. No. <laughs> oh, weird. I got a feeling. That's how you got into filling in <laughs> yeah, with that exactly, other band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. You got COVID. Weird. <laughs> Guess I'm going to have to fucking uh, fill <laughs> in with this <laughs> band. Uh, Just out there breaking my friend's hands. In your fucking trunk or some shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. For real. For real. What I wish I could do, though, and and of what you're talking about, it's like, it's like, unfortunately, I have a fucking job, but it's like, I wish we could just hole up here for a week and do that. That's what, yeah, that would be like the dream. And that's how those guys can do that is because they're musicians and they'll have holes in their schedule where they're not doing anything. And it's like, well, why don't we go into the studio for two weeks? That's what Liquid Tension was. Exactly. Like, uh, they like approached him that, Magna Carta shred label approached Mike Portnoy and said, put together a super group. We want to put something out. And he said, okay. And I guess, (laughs) and I guess it really does hinge on like doing it like at a local level or whatever. It really does hinge on having someone involved, like that has a home studio. Yeah. If you want to do a record, if you want to do even just like an EP or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder, Hmm. I know that'd be the move. Well, that's what even I was talking about, like doing those fucking loops and shit, like on a weekend, like, you yep. know, there's some weekend where you're free and it's like, this is what we're doing this weekend. You know, we got some weed, you know, we got some beers, you know, like, like bring a sleeping yeah, bag. Like we're crashing here. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, like we're, we're staying up as late as we want. We can, you know, work as late as we want, but yeah, you're crashing here, you know, dude, even in, that's also something that I've always wanted to do and never been able to is just that whole like we're making an album and we're living in the yeah, studio while exactly. we do it. Yep. You know, even if yep. it's for a, a three days, yep. like round the clock. Cause eventually what happens like, um, 
again, I was we were talking about this at Pond Jam. It makes me think of like being in marching band and like going to band yeah, camp for sure. That by the uh-huh. time you're like two or three days into it, even your walk to breakfast, it, you're so entrenched in the thing that you're working on yep, yep. that even your casual conversations are about the thing that you're working on. Yep. Like it's so immersive and you're like, oh, yeah. And in that one part, we got to do, yep. you know, it's you get the like. It's the water cooler conversation. It is. Yeah. yeah. And that you can get into this kind of unfortunate. Uh, it like makes me think about the like uh, they talk about like office job. People are like multitasking and you lose time when you switch tasks. Oh, dude, that's a, such the story of my life. And it makes me think of this like, yep. OK, cool. So say we're going to make a record and we work on it Friday. But then we can't work on it again until Sunday. Yep. And then the following Saturday and each and every time you have to like ramp into it back into it each and every time as opposed to like if you could just lock the doors and spend 36 hours on it. Yeah. It's a diesel truck, man. Like it takes a minute to get going. But once it's up to full speed, like it's a powerful, powerful Mm -hmm. machine. Like I was I've been working on some shit lately and it's like it gets to the point where like I can get all the way up to the like doing the vocals but then i have to stop because i have to like go back to work or whatever and that's and now so you end up with like all this like half or like three quarters of the way done shit and like and the best stuff you can make is when you don't have to break that momentum if you can go all the way through you know and it's true with visual arts or or anything like writers you know or something like if you have to stop it's like you just kind of you even kind of lose of like your vision of what it was going to be mm-hmm. in, a, in a way. And you could find it again or whatever, and maybe it'll be something else and still be great. But it's like, well, there's something about like just going all the way through. And it's like, man, if I had two more days, I could just do like literally write and record all the vocals on this and have this whole song done, you know? Yeah. And instead it's like, oh, I got to switch gears. You know, I got, you know, I got to go back to work and I got a paid gig. I'm doing this or whatever. And yep. so like, now it's three weeks gone by and you know, you I go, haven't oh, looked shit. At where was I? Uh-huh. Where did I put that note? Yep. Uh, well, you've got to get in that headspace for anything creatively writing or music or whatever the fuck it is, right? Like it takes you time to get ramped up and get to that point. But once you're rolling, it's like, fuck, and you're in that mindset and you're yep. laser focused and going to town. Then you got to break that. It's brutal. I do think in some ways, too, that some of that is a skill that can be developed. Yeah, for um, sure. I struggle with that as a writer for sure where like it really does take me some time to kind of cook up or like get that get the diesel cylinders going you know but i do feel like in like a band rehearsal setting like the moment i sit down i'm like ready to go i got ideas like let's get to it yeah that's um but i didn't know it wasn't always that way you know, like it, it takes doing it three, it. four times yeah. a week for a decade. Right. And then you're like, like, let's get to it. You Do know? you think that's a byproduct of the medium, like IE writing versus playing music or more about like the energy of doing a group activity with the people music wise? You know what I mean? That's really interesting to think about. It might be. It's kind of both that like if it's with other people, you're kind of on everybody's time. And like, especially like, at least for me, we rehearse in my apartment and nine o'clock we're done. 
You know, like we don't make noise after that because yeah. other people live there. So there is this kind of urgency and yeah. there's other people involved and you don't yeah. want to waste their time. Hopefully they don't want to waste your time. Right. And it's like, <laughs> all right, like, let's get down to business. And you're right, too, that there might also be something that like. Even when you're like writing material and you start and stop or try ideas and scrap them or whatever it's still music is it happens in real time yeah like when you even if you're like say we're just running the transition from the bridge to the chorus over and over and over again once you start you're in it there isn't like there isn't this like if you're writing you can like write a couple of words and stop and think about it for a second write another one then delete it and then take that one word and put it down there like you can rearrange and music you have to like try it and then yeah. stop yeah. and then yeah. decide a different way and then yeah, try yeah. it like yeah. that's true that's true yeah i don't know what i don't know what that is if it's if it's medium specific or not it what, seems like it's got to be both almost right because i think part of it like you're feeding off the energy of other people too like not so much just a function of being cognizant of others time and not wanting to waste it but i think like you're getting that going and it's kind of that group dynamic yeah, and yeah you're just feeding off on one another and it builds and builds and builds right. that deal. One of my favorite experiences in like a rehearsal setting or like a songwriting setting is when the, it, the switch sort of flips or it's like a tipping point from like we're doing it because we're supposed to do it and we're doing it because we're excited about it. You're like kind of working on a tune or whatever and it's going okay and yeah. then one idea and that's pretty slick. And then three people have ideas and you're like, yeah, yeah. Or let's run it again. Like, yeah, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. kind of fever pitches up. I love that moment. I do I kind of miss that. I don't have that at all. With like writing in a band, it takes a lot longer, but like doing that and like running everybody else's ideas and stuff. And then when it, when the idea works, like, like you're saying like, well, the transition is what if we stop here and do whatever, you know? And when like, you might do a couple and it, like some, maybe somebody's not feeling it or it's like, eh, or whatever. And then like, but when you get it right, when you get the one that does and everybody knows it, Yo, that's you know, the one. You're, like, you're like, Oh, that's how we're going to do uh -huh. that. Like, yeah, yeah. I love those moments. Yeah, that is fun. I do miss that. But I feel like there's a big, like physiological component to that also. Right. To your point of like, when you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. When you're trying to do something because it feels like, I don't know if it's just like the mental mindset of like, I'm doing this and because I feel like I have to do it, it feels like work and I'm less enthused. But like when you're excited about something and you're really like in the zone, I got to imagine there's some kind of endorphin chemical type Definitely. that's going yeah. on that really yeah. ramps up that creative yeah. aspect of things. But you know? there is, but there is all of this other sort of conventional wisdom about like you only get that when you sit down to do the yeah, thing for sure. Like you kind yeah. of have to put put your work hat on. Yep. And be like, all right, I guess it's band practice time, What's, kind of uh, regardless this, of how you feel. Steven Pressfield, yeah. the yes. muse will yeah, meet yeah. you type Exactly. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually back to reading The War of Art again yeah. <laughs> for like the fifth time or whatever. There's, we talked about it before. There, one my favorite author used to fucking sit in a, a bookstore window oh, yeah. and write to show people that it's not magic. It's, you just it's, grind you it You got to put in a shift. And he's one of those guys who worked every job, you know, and that's why part of why he's a great writer, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, he's like, it's just a job like any other. Like, you have to sit down and do it. Yep. Yeah. And that's actually one thing. I'm actually, 
I don't really have a problem with that, luckily, but it's it's from practice and, and stuff of doing it. But it's always to me, it's just kind of like, what's the next step? So it's like, am I doing drums? You know, you know, or like, are you starting to build a song, you know, or whatever? And it's just kind of always just like, what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? You know, so if you just kind of like keep doing that, you just kind of like keep pushing forward. I'm honestly not sure, and it's a little bit of a chicken and the egg situation, but I'm not sure it's as black and white as that, and I'm speaking from just, like, myself personally, but I think when you sit down and get into the grind, like, yes, it can transform and something great can come of it, but usually for me, it's when that first really good idea hits, and it's like, oh... And then that gets the juices yeah, flowing and that yeah. gets the fucking excitement and all the endorphin stuff. So, like, is it just sit down and do it? Well, or is it you sit down and do it, but that magic point has to happen and kind of hit that, that I, line, that threshold? I think you, you know get I mean? to that magic point when you sit down to do it, though, right. or something. It's like, yeah, you, you like you got to sit down and start working at it. Like, you know, they say, like, you know, I hate fucking writer's block. Like, writer's block to me doesn't exist. It's bullshit. Right. If, and I'm talking, like, in any way, but specifically, like, you, I'm staring at the blank page and I can't. That's bullshit. And I've gone, like, you take creative writing classes. They teach you how to get over this. Literally, just start writing nonsense. Yeah. You just, like, start free flow writing. It, Hi, my name is Ross Morgan. I live at whatever. You just start doing that. You don't have to fucking... And then eventually, all of a sudden, you'll be three pages deep and you realize like, oh, now you're writing about, uh, you know, like some fucking crazy shit. You have no idea how you even got here, you know? And I, I think some of it too is like that those things aren't mutually exclusive. That like the, like the inspiration spark thing is very real. And if you have it, capture it. All the all the advice about chair time or the show up like it's a shift, yeah, is for all of the moments that you don't have the spark, right? Yeah, right. Because if you if you have the spark, awesome, rush to your workstation yeah, yeah. Sure. And, and try to capture yeah, it for sure. Yeah, but if you wait for it, yeah, then you won't get shit You'll done. Never get You'll it. never yeah. get yeah. anything done. Right. Yep. You'll just sit there and be like, well, no spark today. Yeah. More, As opposed to like more often than not, you'll get that spark when you sit down and start doing it. Yeah. You know, you'll be like and and the other thing too is like like the way I write now, like in the just in the studio or whatever, like I'm just making shit up as I go. What's it gonna be? I have no fucking idea. Don't care. Don't know. Don't care. And like uh the beauty of it now having this space is uh, I've, I've been talking to a couple people about this is having all my tools where I can grab them has been so fucking awesome, dude. Like I was doing this thing and it's like, you know what? I kind of want to have a nylon string guitar here. Grab a mic, grab a guitar. Half hour later, it's done. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, just like, eh. and then again, it's what's next. I'm listening to it. Oh, this would be dope. I should rearrange. Oh, I'll just do that real quick. Or uh, I wanted to do some uh, actual drum loops. It's like industrial shit, this specific thing I'm talking about. And I'm like, I kind of want some like real drums here and I'll kind of fuck them up. And so it's the same thing. I threw one microphone in front of one of my drum kits, played some loops, threw that shit in fucking Pro Tools, and, you know, distorted the fuck out of it. It's perfect. Exactly what I wanted. And you're off to the races. 45 minutes. Done. You know? It's I'm, so nice. I'm actually finding... Uh, I haven't done much of my, like, bleep bloop stuff in the last several months. Yeah. I mean, part of it is work and summer and you're gigs gigging, like, and all that crazy, stuff. Yeah. But another part of it is that 
I have yet to figure out a very good way to kind of have it all at my fingertips. Yes. So yes. I'll be like, you know, so like I've got this Sunday off, like totally free, no responsibilities. And like, I want to do some of that. Yeah. It's been a while or even like finish a work day, no rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of just fire it up and get to fucking around, it's like, oh, go over to the shelf and uh-huh. grab and grab all the stands yep. and grab. Well, man, where's that uh-huh. power supply? Yep. And dig through the drawer. An then hour it, later, you don't even remember what you were. Yep. Yeah. And yep. I'm like finally up and running, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, that's one of the big and that was one of my biggest things here. And that's why I have and set it up like this. Like I watch a lot of uh, or I was and I do. I watch a lot of studio tours on YouTube and shit, you know, I fucking love that shit. And uh some of the guys like it's really inspiring to me that it's like this is what i want my space it's like everything's hooked up and ready to go all the time to, yeah to a point the most that you can and like he's talking about this one guy in particular is talking about uh you know working with bands and that the answer's always yes and i've talked about that a little bit on here but when he has a band come in and they see some shit and they're like can i use the ukulele can we do a ukulele yes I could, you know, five minutes and we're ready to go. Cause again, it's the inspirations there to go for. And I've been in studio situations where I was ready to go. Like I would yeah, just smoked a little weed. I'm ready to perform. Like I got the guitar in hand and there's some fucking engineering issue that I don't even know. Nobody's even explained to me what's happening. So now I'm getting irritated on and the top dude's of digging in a closet for the amp yeah. that he told you he had. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. like now, now not only am I losing like the inspiration i had but now i'm legit getting irritated like the opposite of <laughs> yeah. what you want i feel you like know? it's partially a mental hurdle and it's kind of one and the same but it's not only like capitalize on that moment of creativity and that feeling when it strikes but i think also like if you've got that mental blocker of yeah it would be great to play xyz instrument but with that comes a two-hour setup and a whole bunch yeah, of consternation. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's exactly it. And you're almost uh, defeated before you can even get into it. Oh, maybe there's a plug in that'll do it, yeah. uh, you know, or yeah. something. And I, cause like, I, I mean, I, t- I tell, like, my drum students or even anybody that's, like, trying to spend more time with their instrument, like, I always have a drum set set up. Yeah. And, like, yep. if at, at the very worst... I use the kick pedal and the throne and the ride symbol on the gig from yesterday. So like, but the, everything else is still there. The stands are there. The shells are already set up a couple of things. Five minutes. You can put some shit in it. Five minutes. You're ready to go. Or like under my desk is a practice pad on a stand with a pair of sticks all the time. Uh, Even when I got that ukulele, um, when I moved apartments, I still have my same house, but I moved apartments like eight or nine months ago. Um, Drilled a little ukulele hanger into the wall. Yeah. So instead of it being yep. hiding away yep. or in yep. a case, well, it's hanging on the wall. When you want to throw down on the no. exactly uh-huh. so immediately. Babe. I used to. Keep you know, well, it's especially <laughs> because ukuleles <laughs> for no one. Because I'm not very good at it. I'm like trying to get this these reps in. So I like put my coffee cup in the microwave for 65 seconds. And strum ukulele right, yeah, for that one minute, and it goes beep. I hang it. <laughs> back up. I'm like, all right, cool. I got yeah. a few reps of that those chord shapes in or whatever. But yeah. like, the more complicated when we're talking about like studio setups, microphones, routing boards, and all this stuff. Like, man, if that shit isn't set up, 
It's yeah. such a hassle have, to put gotta together. You got to have it be to to fucking be ready for your creativity yeah. or it does kill the vibe and momentum makes momentum and so yep. like that's what I'm saying like the next step thing it's like you got to be finishing those next steps if you if like you get if i get stuck on a next step that'll kill me and yeah. that'll happen no even in the day job no matter if i get stuck like ah fuck something's wrong i can't do it today and it's and it's just like ugh. and it's like even though well, there's still three hours left in the day but i'm just like so deflating i'm so deflated yeah, yeah yeah so that's why having everything and what you're talking about with guitars i mean that was a big change i made i always kept my guitars in the cases on a rack but that was going to be a big change with this. It was going to be, you know, no, they're going to be out. Everyone's going to be ready to grab. Strung up. Know. Yep. Hopefully in tune. Yep. Tuned right. up, set up. And that's another thing, too, is no gear that doesn't work. You know, like sure. if, it, if it doesn't work, like it's got to go to the shop and and work. You know, I don't want it like a thing that's like not able to use, mm -hmm. you know, like that's a big no. I know too. I like. I'm. I'm very guilty of like. What? <laughs> That's a revelatory statement right there. You know, well, the, things that are broken, just not not the way to it's go. It's true though, man. Like out. how I'm much fucking you buff. know, like studios and shit. It's like yeah, full of half functional <laughs> yeah. gear. Does this amp work? No, that one's blown. Does your you know you can't turn on the organ? No, it doesn't work. Well, why the fuck do you have it here? Yeah, you know? and like. I don't know. It's partially like, yeah, I, I'm able to do it. But another way, it's just a philosophy of like, you know, like. And I'm trying to figure out a little bit. I'm very guilty of like kind of only thinking. At least in my kind of actions in a day are kind of that day's action. Me too. I'm the same way. What? Yep. And so. And I'm kind of a busybody, and that means that like. I've got the work I got to do that day. I want to practice if I'm learning songs, if I've got rehearsal, if I've got the gig, whatever. Yep. But it's very difficult for me to like, okay, this whole weekend, I'm just going to figure out how to set all this stuff up. Yeah. yeah. So then it's ready to go yeah, yeah, for the foreseeable yeah. In future. In the long run, it saves you a lot of time. Exactly. But, I, I but know that, that dedication be, uh -huh. to the... Yeah. And so like even when I start to think about how I could get my synth drum machine stuff kind of permanently set up. Yep. Yep. And it's like, oh, well, then I need a different thing and I needed this shelf and I don't have that stand. And then yep. it becomes a shopping list. And I'm like, yep. ah, never mind. Yep. And they yep. just stay on the shelf for another month or whatever. Yeah. I get uh, I've had this problem, too. And especially when I start, like when I was building this studio or whatever, it's like I'll then also get into the point where that's all I'm doing. And then I forget to actually make music. So, you know, <laughs> yep. like, because I love gear and I love the studio and I love the logistics of that, too. That's its own thing, you know, and trying to make it be. But it, it will like it was getting to the point where it's like. All right, dude, you know, like he kind of got everything going here. And yeah, you can rip apart this bass drum pedal and redo a thing. But like maybe it's time to like actually like look at the records and like yeah. start like, you know, getting what is the next step to finishing this actual fucking song? You know, so mm -hmm. that could be a challenge for me getting all hung up on the and gear. no cattle. You got to actually do the damn yeah. thing, baby. It's true. And, uh, you know, the guitar, I got all these guitars. Yeah, but that's also a bunch of work to maintain them. You know, yep. so and all this shit, like I'm talking about, like the drum sets and everything, it's like it's a lot of work to manage that gear too. If yes. you want everything to be working, you know, like shit goes down. Well, like if I have a philosophy of 
I got to fix it or whatever. Well, that means you got to fucking fix it or something. And so you're like, going to do that like instead of play guitar. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that can be a bit of a problem too. That, and I think that happens to a lot of musicians. I, I think there's actually a lot of guys who are kind of like more interested in that than actually making music. And that's fine too. Like if that's what you want to do. But, I actually love, I've got a couple of friends um, that are, they're like decent drummers. Like they play, yeah. They're doing just fine, but yeah. their interest is much more in maintenance, yeah, restoration. Like you're a drum tech, yeah. You know, like- and I like I think about it like um, like some people drive race cars, some people are race car mechanics, and yep. both of them are very very essential, yeah, to their being race yep. cars in the world. So like I really like knowing that like. And I don't rely on them as much as I should, but I like knowing in the back of my head that like if I've got a super fucked up drum, yeah, I'm not really it. a tinkerer. I'm not a builder. Right, right. But right. I can be like, hey, will you fix this up for me? And they'll right, be like, right. oh, I'd love Indeed, to. Yeah, but yeah. I always wonder how much of that, and obviously like people have interests and you might be interested in the mechanical side of whatever it is versus the execution of doing the thing. But how much of that is personality versus the fear of trying to create right yeah it's and both. that's, that's fair. I, i'm not uh-huh. sure the the right word to use not that it's not mm-hmm. difficult to do something like executionally mechanically what have you it's a little less risky it's not mm-hmm. as i don't know it's just yeah. different you know it's, what it's, if you it's make something and it sucks there's yeah. a fear there exactly, of like yeah. yeah but i'll use yeah. i mean i'll use an example um one of my best friends in the whole world uh dude named mikey olson plays keyboard in the human condition, uh, we played together in Delta Decalactons using King Crab Apple. I've known this dude since he was literally born. Um, he really likes paintball. Yeah. But really, he really likes paintball guns. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so, like, he plays. He goes and plays sometimes. Mm-hmm. But is so much more interested yeah. in fine-tuning the air pressure and mm-hmm. that it's this gauge of yeah. gasket and that this one does this thing and I can clock. And so like he probably spent, especially when he was like really, really into it six, seven years ago. In He would like go to play a game and come home with 10 people's guns. Yeah, yeah. Like I can set this yeah. up better. To, yeah. to, right. Yeah. To like yeah. and would be all about the setup yeah. and the mechanics. Yeah. It's much more that type of stuff is like more, I guess, linear in my mind, right? Yeah. It's very much point A to point B uh-huh. gets you to point you C. You don't have to make work. a creative decision. Yes, it's not uh-huh. jump a reflection from A on you. to D and then back to B and then revisit <laughs> right. E and then you know. So but wait, there's yeah. two C's. What? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I yeah. always think of it like when you like a two D old school side scroller video game, just picture wise you throw a bouncing ball it's gonna bounce and bounce and bounce and keep going whereas you chuck a rock at a piece of glass that fucker's gonna spider web in a thousand different directions sure yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that makes, makes very little sense but no i it does make sense to me because i am much more i am much more likely to do the other version i'm all about like throw the ideas at the wall take the creative risks it might not turn out yeah I'm so into that that like to the detriment of me maintaining my gear yeah, yeah. or knowing what's where or mm-hmm. go pull something out of the closet and be like, oh, shit, I, that's right. That broke two years ago. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's so crucial to have that counterbalance. Yeah. Though, and it's like That's the, I, the I like different both. personalities meshing yeah. up, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't have a bunch of people that are all the throw the rock at the piece of glass thing because yeah. then you're going everywhere. Like you got to have somebody to kind of rein it back and so in. When and so when kinda, I meet yeah. technicians like that, people that are like, that's kind of the thing that gets yeah. them going. It's like sort of file it away and be like, all right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah. Put it in the old mental another, another, for later. Another right? tinkerer yeah. to yeah. rely on yeah. because I am not, you know, yeah. that's why, well, a couple things. That's why me and my brother worked so well together back in the day when we were working together, because he was way more about logistics and like, fixing shit and making shit or whatever where i was like all focused on the creative side yeah. of things or whatever but um i know well i've said before i mean that's why some of these guitars i was building them i got way more into making them than playing them so i get it you know yep. i get it. i was having way more fun doing that and uh again our, our friend russell who was on you know that's kind of what he did too he played in bands and stuff but then he you know he's a legitimate luthier you know, and he's like, honestly, I kind of don't really like play that much anymore, you know, and I get it. I don't, you know, and he's just kind of like, but he can fucking make any of your guitars be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these so, are good people to have yeah, in your corner. Yeah. You know, it's fun. It's fun to be able to do both. I like to have, as I was just saying, I like to have my shit kind of in order if gear wise, because I find that that allows you to then have like explore your creativity without being hindered like i don't want the gear to get in the way yeah i'm kind of with you there or at least in sort of this middle ground like i at least like i know what drums i have i know their models i know their sizes i know the difference between that head and that head yeah where sometimes you meet people that are just kind of unbridled creativity yeah and they don't have a clue what they're playing they don't care what they're playing yeah it's just in their body and spirit or whatever yeah yeah it is sort of both you don't want to get analysis paralysis either and that's what i'm talking about where you get you're too into the gear and like uh you know oh am i gonna you know audition 13 microphones for this one drum loop that i'm gonna fuck up in the thing anyway like i was just talking about (laughs) no i'm gonna grab the closest microphone that's some of the best advice i ever got by my fucking dude uh you ever hear a mixer man Uh uh-huh He's written some great books. He's a great mixer. Um, cool dude. He's mixed a couple of my things. And one of his things, people have asked him, like, uh, if you were going to record this and this and this, what microphone would you use? And his answer is the closest one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I love that. Yeah, me too. And that that is a very valuable lesson that, like, if you have great quality microphones, yeah, you can fuck around. Like, if you got the time, you know, may, you can audition a couple if you want. But in, the reality is you want to keep that momentum going. And it's not going to make that big a difference one way or the other if you're using good stuff anyway. Like, is it my Neumann 87 or is it my whatever? It, dude, f- <laughs> you know, and throw that it up. Ju- that it's just makes me, makes me think of the very similar trap that people fall into about, like, not starting until they have everything they think they need yeah that's a huge job Um, dude i'm just in the relatively near future and i probably said this last time and haven't made any progress on it um i want to get further into uh being able to record drums a little bit better or uh, i do have my like video making setup is kind of ramshackle and kind of shortcutty right and i want to make it a little bit better yeah but I'm glad that I've already learned the lesson about just start with what you have. Yeah. yeah and so I'm not going to like 
whatever spend 10 grand on a credit yeah. card to yeah. build a perfect studio yeah. that i don't nope. know how to use keep upgrading you just exactly. upgrade exactly like this e-kit over here that thing has been a work in progress for 15 plus years it started off i mean the rack is actually still it's i still have them they're these piece of shit little e-toms that were some random off brand that my brother got at a yard sale or some crap you know and from there it was like okay i'm gonna get you know one nice roland for the snare and then it was like uh you know what the big purchase was like get a, a good drum brain which is now completely obsolete but i'm still rocking it but you know and yeah. i mean literally for years and years and i mean like christmas gifts you know my dad and my brother went in and got me a the kick drum for it one year you know what i mean so it would be one like one piece at a time upgrading man. one piece at a time and we made some pretty decent records with some of that crap yeah you know like yeah. you know like so yeah because doing it is better than waiting to do it 100 percent. like just every, in a general that fucking is way. every time always yep dude yeah just you gotta you gotta start i can think of a couple of times that i've had um i don't teach a lot of lessons usually they're like one off or one or two at a time yeah um but like have a relatively young drummer you're not like a kid but like you know early 20s or something okay yeah come to my house and like i turned 38 this summer i got five six drum sets i got had dozen snare drums but like it took me 20 years to assemble the collection that exactly. i have yeah, yeah and they're like Oh, and I want this and I want this. And when did you get this? I'm like, well, first I played that piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I <laughs> saved my pennies yep, and I bought yep, one yeah. nice ride symbol. Yeah, yeah. And then two years later, yeah. I got a stand. And yep. then a year, you know. Like my brother started playing the drums on a folding chair. Exactly, and, that, and that's why he dude. always likes his kit to be lower Can like because when he he played for two years when he was in you know started in the third grade or whatever even younger or something you know playing on a folding chair and some piece of shit drums so that's why he got used to like really doing like a big leg movement because it's super low and yeah. shit you know <laughs> so i mean it just kind of is what it is but. yeah the, the stuff is rad it's great to have good stuff it really is but but you can make especially the tech now dude i mean like like oh bring it back to steven wilson he's like you know i got all this shit but you can give me a laptop and a strat and i can make you a record exactly you know Ish. i opened my hand full of months back that i've been meaning to listen to and not even not, not that long ago at all just a month or so. it's so really like, good yeah, yeah. yeah i listened to it i liked it it's so cool like, too yeah. um all because he's been doing all the run the jewels stuff it's cool to hear it on not lp production Oh, yeah. Like, because LP is the other rapper in Run the Jewels, but yeah. he's also the producer. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's and it's very like... distinct sounding yeah, beats. Yeah, yeah. So cool to hear Killer Mike on not yeah. LP. A different flavor. Solo, yeah. solo record. Yeah. yeah, he was on Rogan talking about that shit. Yeah. Speaking of fucking uh, Rogan, man, it seems like there's a lot going on in the world. Yeah, it's a really terrible tie-in, but... Uh... <laughs> Theoretically, I see where you're going there. Yeah, there's a whole lot going on in the world, to be Sick sure. Sick segue, dog. <laughs> Classic. Uh, speaking of things, uh, <laughs> there's things that are happening uh, in the world right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of hustle and bustle out there, a whole lot cooking, you know. And as per usual, Let's just hit the button. Not on the goddamn <laughs> Just hit the button. All right, this is the fucking button. The Danger uh, Podcast dude. presents News of the World. 
Oh, what the, the fuck? Oh, it's muted. It's just playing. This is gonna, we can't hear it, but it's playing. You know, as we stated earlier, it's crucial to have, you know, this guy is a finely tuned machine. Every piece of equipment in the house, fully functional and <laughs> operational at all times. Maybe if you weren't spit-taking all Save. of the cocksucking thing, it would fucking break in my goddamn headphones today, too. My shit's tight until you're fucking Quasimodo-ass fucking up in here breaking my shit. I am Gozar, the destroyer of all things, and I come in here and he's stomping around. All right. Well, I want to hear it, so I'm going to hit it again. There it is. Ah, the yeah, boy. Presents News of the World. Three just not played three times. <laughs> in the thing. Going back to the flow state, I've really got to get myself geared up mentally. Indeed. It's real Pavlov's dog type That's trigger true. when I hear That's that. That's true. All right, are you ready to eat your words right. after all your shit talking about my news segments? Here? Are you go. ready to laugh your behind off, Let's go. gentlemen? All Let's right. Let's go. First up on the, I'm bringing heaters this week, boys. First up on the docket, we've got Chicago TV news crew robbed at gunpoint while reporting on a string of robberies. <laughs> that alone enough, is hilarious. Indeed. So a Chicago television news crew reporting on a string of robberies ended up robbed themselves after they were accosted at gunpoint by three armed men wearing ski masks. Nice. Yeah. Stay tuned for next week's news segment where I'll be reporting on women who love to perform oral sex, make delicious <laughs> baked goods with ingredients they purchase themselves, then leave the man's house before the game starts. That's gold, Jerry. Gold! In the zone. Gold indeed. <laughs> All right, we're one for one. We're off and running. Nothing but bangers this week. New COVID shots coming. Uh-oh. So the latest COVID booster proves effective against Eris, the newest variant of the illness. Yeah. Wow. Okay. In related news, I've recently purchased a single bullet and will be testing its effectiveness and preventing me from having to listen to any more conversations about COVID variants after being administered to my right <laughs> temple. <laughs> Enough of these goddamn COVID variants. We fucking get it. They do Dude. nothing. Let's end the conversation. All right. Might have oversold some of these jokes. Might have oversold <laughs> some of these jokes. <laughs> De- oh, yeah, this one's especially bad, too. Should have kept the mouth shut. Delta flight diverted after passenger suffers a severe case of diarrhea. This one is all over. Did you hear about this one? Literally all over. Okay. So a Delta fr- uh, flight from Atlanta to Barcelona had to make a U-turn Friday after a passenger suffered a medical issue that turned out to be a case of severe diarrhea. Yeah. Wow. Passengers commented, all in all, things could have been worse. At least we didn't have to fly Spirit. <laughs> At least we didn't have to fly Spirit. Because it's a bad airline. <sighs> yeah. Worst episode <laughs> ever. All right. We're going to ramp it back up here, boys. I'm promising right. some heavy hitters to end things out here. Scientists grow a whole model of human embryo without sperm or an egg. This one's pretty fucking wild. Okay, okay. So scientists have successfully grown an entity that closely resembles a real 14-day-old embryo using stem cells. Yeah. Wow. This new advancement in biology could eventually replace what has historically been the most successful method of creating embryos, a bottle of Jack Daniels, access to the backseat of an 86 Trans Am, and the ability to convince a woman that you can pull out just in time. (laughs) You motherfuckers, that one's a banger. Dang. You stick, you rat bastard. It's gold material and you know that I stand behind it. Our droves of fans are busting at the seams right now laughing at home. You're welcome. Dang. (laughs) All right, well, if you didn't like this one or last one, you're going to fucking love this one. All right. 
Greek ferry captain and his seaman charged <laughs> over death of tardy passenger pushed into sea, or, uh, sea by crew members. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Speaking of spider webs and things exploding in a different directions, the number of uh, different ways I could have taken this one was bountiful. So I chose the lamest one. A Greek prosecutor brought criminal charges Wednesday against an island ferry captain and three of his seamen over the death of a tardy passenger whom crew members pushed into the sea as he tried to board the departing vessel in Greece's main port of Piraeus. Holy shit, that's actually pretty crazy. Indeed. An excited Barack Obama, who only saw the ferry (laughs) captain and his seamen portion of the headline, quickly threw on a gimp mask... Said, that sounds like a blast. How quickly can I get the plane to Greece? <laughs> Why Obama? There's this whole thing about Obama gay being gay yeah. now. Is the thing. I know. They're right. like, yeah, they're spreading this whole thing about Obama's gay. We do have an alternate and equally hilarious submission here. You're welcome. Uh, it was the most unfortunate outcome caused by four seamen since the birth of the Baldwin brothers several decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Giving me nothing here, boys. You can all suck my balls. You can all suck my balls. Fairies and semen, dude. Like, (laughs) it's itself. It's just a gay joke. I'm tempted to just not even shut it down right here. Please continue. Not even give you this last one. Please continue. What do you think of them, Apple? Thanks. Right, no, no, it's, it's a great, it's a great it, joke. It, 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 it <laughs> All right, last but not least, I'm all dejected now. So the, the creativity, the spark is gone. That's There's right. No that's right. Just, just give it some sad delivery. I just want to work on something. I don't want to create. I just want to work on a drum kit, right? and I want to do the mechanics. Yeah. McConnell appears to freeze while speaking with reporters in Kentucky. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell appeared to freeze for about 30 seconds on Wednesday while speaking with reporters after his speech in Covington, Kentucky. Okay, I've seen a lot of people talking about that. I didn't really know what actually was happening, though. He just stood there motionless. It was kind of terrifying. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but... Just deer in the headlights, no words, no nothing, like complete shutdown. Now, to be fair, I've done that on this show several (laughs) times where I'm extremely (laughs) fucked up and completely forget what I'm talking about, so... (laughs) Yeah, McConnell might have been slamming 40s before the... uh, Indeed. Uh, But fortunately, the freezing wasn't the result of a health condition. Rather, he was simply stymied by the question of whether Lizzo has caused more damage to the emotional stability of her backup dancers... Or the structural stability of a recliner. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your... The Dangerville Podcast presents News of the World. Oh, man. Double birds. Nothing on Brandon Fraser this week. No, no, not this week. Uh, Or Burning Man. B. Fraser gets a week off. Yeah, what's up with fucking Burning Man at the mudslide? People are in trouble. Oh, really? What's going on? Uh, Yeah, I don't know exactly. Some shit about inclement weather. And people were warned like crazy not to do it. And they tried to like block off roads and stuff. But people went anyway. And the crazy storm like took out everything. And yeah. I heard turned the desert into a mud pit. None of the vehicles crazy. can leave. And none of the people can leave. And they're running out of water. Why do you say people are in trouble? Like they're. Like because it's like dangerous. Okay. Conditions. Okay. I thought you meant like somebody's going to like. No, no. Not like legal like, trouble. Yeah, okay. Like uh, like physical 
I think it was a situation where like food and water scarcity. They were there for much longer than they had to be. Yeah, yeah. Also, it feels like kind of some bitch made West Coast desert bullshit. Like, oh, there's a marginal amount of rain. Whatever are we gonna do to get these people out of there? Like, (laughs) I think it's much worse than that. Get a goddamn four by four. Get yourself a Silverado. Drive out there and go to work. Well, it's like out in the desert and they never get rain there, right? I can't imagine. Yeah, I'm breaking balls. I'm sure it's a, a swampy mud pit, but nonetheless, like. Damn. One would seem they Scary. could come up with something. What with the fact that it's 2023 and we have ample modes of transportation with which to see hovercrafts. Yeah, let's get some hovercrafts. <laughs> come on, people. What <laughs> are we doing? Hovercraft. Let's get fucking uh, Elon to his fucking uh, his tunnel to Vegas or whatever out there. You know, <laughs> just reroute the tunnel <laughs> to under Burning Man. Get him out, dude. I heard something a while about Elon. Apparently, this happened like a year ago. I didn't remember hearing about it at the time. Did you hear that Musk like cut the internet access to Ukraine's military when it was trying to do this big attack on a Russian no. fleet last year? I thought he was giving them access to Starlink and all that shit. Indeed, he did. So he gave them access to Starlink. Then somehow, which is an interesting thought in and of itself, how Musk happened upon this information, which I didn't really dawn on me until now, but somehow figured out there was going to be this attack on a Russian fleet. They had these like unmanned submarine drones going to do it. And he straight up fucking killed Starlink. They all washed ashore. Nothing to be done about it. I, what? I chalked that up to not the CEO of the company. Right. Just some rando or like or like. Probably more complicated than the one guy whose name we associate with the company. I mean, pushing a button that says no Internet for you. He's quoted as commenting on it and stuff like I think it's literally that simple. I mean, unless it's some absurd grandmaster plan. But I think he was like, yeah, I cut it like this thing was meant for, you know, he said his quote was literally what the uh, Starlink was meant to uh, help people watch Netflix and chill and get online for school and do peaceful things, not drone strikes. Okay, so that's uh, what I was going to say. What's his rationale behind this? I thought, like, I don't know, everybody was rah-rah for the fucking Ukrainians fighting the Russians. Yeah, I don't know. This is sometime last year, and he just, like, said, fuck it. This thing is not meant to be a tool of war. Like, I'm all (laughs) Okay. So that was pretty crazy. That's pretty wild. That is fucking wild. uh, That's kind of back to my thing about one man having too much power with him. You know, he's like quite he's getting, literally the villain yeah. from Tomorrow Never Dies yeah. or whatever that one yeah. where he controls the media and everything else, which, yeah, in some ways, though, my thought process goes to like, I wish more people with crazy amounts of power or technological control or like the means of production or whatever were like, no, we're not going to make tanks for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like. I don't care if you ordered 100 warheads. No. It, it was really interesting to read to me, like, political thoughts aside, however you lean, yeah. you know, if you're pro-war, anti-war, tabling all of that. The fact that nations are relying on privatized internet, like, really? Yeah. There's no fucking government thing that runs all this? It's just like, eh, you gotta... Got to reboot the old uh, router here, and we're we're offline for a couple. Like that's that's like a real fucking crazy. That's crazy. That's a really really wild sort of historical rabbit hole to think about too. Of like, I guess just the long history of government action relying on 
private corporation? Well, I think historically it's been a one hand feeds the other thing. Well, exactly. Obviously, profits are going to like kind of speak for themselves. And most people are going to say, fuck it. Give me that cash, that sweet, sweet cash. But Musk is filthy rich and kind of a different cat with how he operates all together. So the fact that he's like, no, take your fucking take your money. It's cut off. It's shut down. You're done. Yeah. And and Internet is odd, too, because it's like non-physical yeah I mean, there's like physical hardware involved yeah, yeah yeah but like that like as opposed to like a jet yeah or yeah, something yeah. like you have to like build Ammo, the thing you know? yeah. and you just bring the thing to the place where you use it right right like the internet's just like floating in the air yeah for the, well, and also, like, it, it couldn't have been that profitable of a thing, right? Like, I'm not a Starlink expert. My understanding of it is that basically it was like, hey, we're going to do this choice thing to get people internet. Right. So that kind of takes money out of the equation as yeah. a component of the whole thing, whereas a Boeing or, you know, an insert whatever the fuck thing here that builds planes, bombs, etc. To your point, that's a tangible, physical thing that's mm-hmm. getting them big profits. So it might not have been. You know. So I guess he must have, before he hooked them up with Starlink and stuff, it must have been like, this is, he must have said, this is not for war or something. Or that must have been part of Maybe the, so. Part of the deal or something. Or at least that was the thing behind it. Because like my immediate thought on that was like, well, why would he do that? That doesn't, you know, but if he was like, well, this is not for killing people yeah that totally just, could yeah. be like yeah. some stipulated like this mm-hmm. you can communicate this is for all your yeah whatever gps and all that but like no drone strikes and also yeah. i mean if he just gave it to him you know like i don't know that there was necessarily a big contract agreement if he just kind right. of did something like Fuck yeah, it, yeah here's like a choice thing here's it is a toy yeah. play with it and then you know it's mine i'll do what i want yeah. You know, kind you give of a kid a plastic baseball bat to play wiffle ball. And he starts hitting his brother in the head to take it away from him. You know, wow, yeah. good. Uh, that's a good analogy. Yeah, we need more wiffle ball analogies. I feel like <laughs> we just need more wiffle ball in general. <laughs> Your boy was once one of the finest wiffle ball pitchers in the state of Michigan. To be clear, dominantly thought, low ERA. Was, wait, does wiffle ball even have a pitcher? I thought you just set it on the. No, you bro. said it on the no. thing. We're talking grown ass man with ball. This is so. grown man. We're not. We're not talking some kids game bullshit. We're talking. <laughs> is that that's the difference it. between wiffle ball and wiffle t ball? We're talking. Oh, t ball. That's t-ball. okay. That's yeah, the the KWL, yeah. the Kalamazoo wiffle ball league boys, not for the faint of heart. Really? Not for the faint of heart. Fuck yeah. Really? Shout out Sidewinders, my old crew, my old team, <laughs> Sidewinders. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, actually, it kind of does sound like Oh, it's tremendous, boys. Great. Like, all right, podcast is over. It's wiffle ball time. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Did you bring your stuff? Well, we were going off about fucking uh, in Kalamazoo. They got, they you can go do curling at the K-Wing Stadium. Yeah. That and sounds we fun, like, too. We're just going to go get dominant at curling. <laughs> got to be a tremendous amount of fun. Oh, yeah. It seems great. It's like, all right, you going to be the broom guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so not not quite the same but speaking of kind of novel experiences or just like doing random shit because it's fun um had a had a saturday off uh last week or week before and my lady and i a went to john ball zoo for the first time in like 20 years yeah, if not yeah, more right. yeah, yeah and then we went to the hudsonville fair for oh. monster trucks Oh, nice. Dude, well and it was played. fucking rad. Yeah, nice. indeed, indeed. We watched some of them break. We watched some of them crash. Shit, I didn't know that was going on. We watched a dude 
I'd watch you, a monster truck. Kid you not, as part of this monster truck rally, they just like have a regular guy in a helmet and a Jeep Cherokee. Like a like a two thousand one <laughs> Jeep Grand Cherokee. Right. And they're like we're letting him on the course. He said he doesn't want to drive it home. <laughs> so whatever. He's whipping the thing around and he goes over a couple of the like, because, you know, they have like the, they have like monster trucks and they have mega trucks that are smaller. Okay. And then they have other, they have like micro monster trucks or mini monsters. Right. Okay. So they've got kind of like the small, smally jumps on the outside, bigger ones. And then the huge one in the middle with like right. the van and a whatever in it. So this dude in the Jeep Cherokee makes a couple of little rounds and he hits a couple of like the little ones. He just gets a little bit of air, basically immediately breaks the exhaust off the thing. <laughs> Holy shit. He's drifting around, whatever. <laughs> Woohoo, yeah, fun. Good job, guy. They do some more shit. They bring Jeep Cherokee guy back out. He's doing the same thing. He's like hitting some of the little jumps. He's whipping around, drifting around. Looks like he breaks part of the fucking drive shaft off the thing. <laughs> and one of the wheels is looking a little wonky. Okay. And he's kind of over by us. And it's like the thing won't quite go in gear right. <laughs> and he's like trying to get it figured out. Gets it fired up. And this motherfucker goes hauling towards the next size up jump. You could like feel the entire crowd oh, gasp yeah. holy shit and i kid you not dude's jeep was like 15 feet in the air 60 boom just launched Jeez. off this thing oh, landed oh. flat tire folded up <laughs> rest of the drive shaft comes off they towed it off yeah and he got out and was like Fuck yeah. out i bet for all the monster trucks for all the most insane i thing i saw was that dude yeah, jumping a jet? Yeah. Sure, dude. It was like <laughs> full sure. blown action movie jump. My goodness, I'm amazed he's alive. That guy's the man. Well, he was probably, he was probably so sore. Sure, yeah, you know what I mean? next day is probably oh, rough. Yeah. Yeah. So rough. My dude's spine was not okay after that jump. <laughs> man, one time we fucking uh, actually at the day job, a guy who was working there at the time, he was gonna go do a fucking demolition derby. Yeah, and so we like put stickers and shit on it <laughs> he fucking went out and did that shit that was pretty fucking wild i saw a uh we went to the you guys remember thunder nationals <laughs> what they called it thunder Nationals. is that the dirt track no it was uh it was like a touring like monster truck show yeah okay and, and they did it at the van andel and my fucking homies uh got free ticket it might have actually been fucking i think joel camp was there from okay. pigeon hill yeah uh, we were just talking about him earlier because we're drinking pigeon hill uh they, they won him on the radio or some shit so and we were like eighth grade or something <laughs> and so and it was in like the box like the what do you call it? like the sky box or whatever or one yeah. of the like private boxes or whatever and we were just like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like holy shit but they had the fucking rocket jet rocket bike the motorcycle oh, with the jet engine on. i've seen the truck but not the bike dude the guy on the bike with the thing this thing still might be to this day the loudest thing i've ever heard in my life and they're all fucking loud first of all like that shit indoors too like it's fucking loud but that fucking thing it's that super high pitched like and like it was like you couldn't even like be like in like we had to like go in the box 
You know what I mean? Like, it shut the door yeah. kind of thing or whatever. You watch out of the glass. Wasn't that how Leno scorched himself? Was on a jet engine rocket bike, if I'm not mistaken? God, I, I no hope idea. so. I kind of don't think it was, there but were a man, couple I of hope things. so. I think there was one incident with, like, a fire in the uh, a car in his it, garage, no, it was, but there was another one where I'm pretty sure... It was a steam. It was an uh, old steam okay. engine, like the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, the opposite of a jet. Yeah, yeah, like, it was, like, some old fucking uh, crazy steam car or some shit, and he was underneath it, wrenching on it, and the fucking steam came on, and that's what burned oh. him. In any event, it was either a fusion-powered futuristic <laughs> Flying car. Ah, no, it's more of a steam thing. <laughs> you see this? Yeah. The, mon- uh, the monster trucks were hilarious, though. Maybe the most like American thing I've ever seen. It truly <laughs> is a fucking like American thing. It's just so excessive. It's yeah, really ridiculous. Yeah. One other quick hitter here. I saw today. Did you guys see Danny Masterson? You know, hide from. Uh, oh yeah, that's been a whole thing for a long been, time. Yeah, you got he got sentenced finally. Though. Yeah. Thirty years. Oh, thirty years. Good. Not eligible oh. uh, for parole. For what did he do? He raped a couple a girls or years. something. It just yeah, just all kinds of awful shit like that. Wow. Accused of three, convicted of two. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Thirty. Yeah. All kinds of terrible shit. Yeah. yeah, not good. Well, I guess uh, he won't be joining the uh, that '90s show reunion or whatever the goddamn shit they're doing now, or that '80s show. Or what is it they're doing now? That yeah, '90s. They show, got a isn't '90s show. I don't know. Yeah, man. there was an yeah. '80s show on that. Came You're not watching every episode of that. of that '90s show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to ignore that shit. Fuck yeah, dude. Red Foreman remains. That. Oh, Jesus Christ. No. The shit they make that nobody wants to see. Yeah, I know. I, no, I don't want any part of that. Are you watching anything? Are you into any shows or anything right now? Or it's I'm too busy? I'm super, super stuck on what we do in the shadows. Everybody, yeah, man. Our fucking good friend, Swan, fucking, uh, he knows his comedy. And he was like, it might be the funniest show like ever made. It is one of, <laughs> it is one of my favorite shows ever made. Yeah. But part of it. So like it's like mockumentary style, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, what we were, uh, Mallory, my lady, and I were talking about, like, right when we started watching it, it immediately conjures like The Office and Trailer Park Boys, right? As right. this like that a look at the camera bumping into the guy with the boom mic is like oh, part of okay. the gag, right? Like, okay. the sh- like I didn't know that. It's yeah. a documentary. There's a camera crew is yeah. part of the okay. shtick of the show. So like, all right, in the office, that's a great setting for the, a type of show like that. If you've worked in offices, you know, there's like weird people and the weird, yeah, you know, jobby shit. Yeah. Same as like Trailer Park Boys. You get these like wild criminal you know, like rednecky or whatever, like yeah. hijinks ensue. Yeah. They're drinking, they're stoned all the time, whatever. So think about that, but vampires. Yeah. <laughs> and and the well of jokes that you get What's out it? of turning into a bat and crosses and garlic and this undead <laughs> thing and vampire hunters and zombies and wraiths and like, it just opens the whole like supernaturally horror world yeah too slapsticky documentary humor so like the the amount of jokes that they can get through or the number of silly situations that they can like the ongoing feud with the uh, with the werewolves on staten island (laughs) like and they, they fucking hate each other and it's this like 
Yeah, just over and over and over. The again. amount of jokes per capita and the raw comedic value is rivaled only by the new segment of <laughs> the Angel podcast, to be sure. Uh, that dude's it, the one guy's flight of the Concords or something. Yeah, right? it's uh, uh, Jerome Germain. Germain, yeah, Germain. I can't remember his Clement last name. Clement? Yeah, Clement yeah. and Taika Waititi. <clears throat> okay, are the creator dudes, and they're both in the movie. Right. Yeah, there's a movie too or something. Yeah, that's yeah. older. Right. Right. And it's kind yeah. of the same premise. Yeah. Uh, but different characters in the show. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I didn't know that. Um, I saw a flight of the Concords at Bonnaroo though, at the Bonnaroo that we oh, were do at. a live thing. Yeah, they nice. played in the comedy tent. Oh, did, cool! Did you see any of the comedy down no. there, at Bonnaroo? No, I caught. Uh, we caught a few things. We caught that. We caught David Cross, uh, who fucking. Uh, I think actually came on stage briefly during tool set because him, because <laughs> him and Maynard are like really cool. tight. Um, weirdos. Fellow yeah, weirdos. Well, yes, <laughs> seriously, seriously. And Tom Morello came out and played that solo during tool set as nice. well. That was huge. Uh, and then we saw, do you know, Frank Black, the, he's like a political comedian. He was on the daily show. Oh time. yeah. You know yeah. Yeah. Black? Yeah. He's always kind of yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Like Frank Black, Lewis Black, Lewis Black. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Black's the dude from the Pixies. Yeah. Yeah. The Pixies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the same person. <laughs> Definitely not, <laughs> not the, same, the person. same person. Yeah. Anyway, so I totally caught. And then fucking, uh, you know, what phased the shit on me is that Jermaine Clement dude is in the new avatar. Oh, avatar weird. two. Ah. Yeah. Is he one of the people people? Like yes. one of the evil is he the evil he, ship gunman guy? Is no, he's I've intentionally he's like, not watched that movie. He's not like great. the fucking scientist that's working with the evil people guy who's sort of like oh, I'm not actually yeah, evil. Yeah, I'm just kinda yeah, like yeah, doing yeah, my yeah. job oh, and yeah. I gotta do you know, like I'm in bed with these people because that's the only way I can do my work as right, a scientist. Right. Isn't that movie like five hours long? Bro. It was just <laughs> it's a three bad. hours. It was just bad. Um, I remember watching the first Avatar movie and I was like relatively on board with it. Like, all right, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. It's a sci-fi thing. It's pretty. Well, the, it was an exercise in uh, technical. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And then, um, and I'm trying to remember, is it Giovanni Ribisi? Yeah. That's the like villain guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about the fucking mineral and then they say its name and i was like i'm out this movie sucks i can't remember what it was it was something stupid. unobtainium, unobtainium yeah i was like uh-huh. nope yeah. absolutely not that is the dumbest shit i've ever heard in my life i got I'm some out. of the finest creative minds on that one there like i no nobody none of the five thousand people it took mm-hmm. to make this movie was like yeah. hey that's a dumb name that's like the classic gag from the writer's room where the one guy goes, hey, why don't we just call it unobtainium? Yeah. He's joking, and then everybody's like, you got anything better? We'll give like, you guys the afternoon <laughs> to think about it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So unobtainium it is then. <laughs> took me, <laughs> took me all the way out of it. Yeah, no, that movie was pretty, pretty not great. But at the time, it was like an exercise in fucking filmmaking, and it was like that alone was super impressive. But... It's not that impressive 15 years later anymore, you know. Though I guess uh, some of the stuff in the new one kind of similarly oh, there's a, ambitious. Or oh, like, yeah, there's lots of killer visuals and shit. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, we've kind of seen it all at this point And like or at this point, at this point, like the 
the incremental improvement. Yeah, yes. Right? So, like, yeah. when the first one came out, it if, was like if next CG, level. Be, right. Yeah. If CG before that, you couldn't do all this, like, 3D face model, mm-hmm. full digital world, whatever. Well, now half the movies that come out are that. Yeah, exactly. That's so what I'm saying. Even yep. if the new one is groundbreaking. Yeah. It's like um it's just less impressive because it's oversaturated or whatever. And then you couple that with like it's kind of a, like not that great of a story sure. and stuff too. And it's just kind of like that even like our eyes like can't see the ultra fine difference yeah. that say the people like in the industry can or whatever. Right, right. Because right. it's already super good. Yeah. I think it's too high up yeah. the yeah. hyperbolic curve or whatever. I think it really yeah. just right. it's going up the, forever, yeah. but it's only uh-huh. it's diminishing returns. Yeah, like diminishing point, returns, sure. right? And the story was just like they oh, can swim now. The acting Get was cool. just like oh man, <laughs> like this is kind of cringy. Sure, you know? but you know I cried at the end, so. <laughs> Well, okay, on that note. <laughs> Anything else we forgot to talk about? I feel like there was fucking something else that I wanted to talk about, but I completely spaced on what that was. Oh, I do remember, real quick. Uh, I went and saw our friend Adam Deggy at uh, the comedy oh, store. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not the comedy store, the comedy club here in Grand Rapids. He was on the podcast, uh, I don't know, what, two months ago? A couple months back. Something Dr. Like Grins, yeah. right? Yeah, he headlined Dr. Grins. We went out and caught his set so shout out to shout adam, out it, adam was, yeah, time. it was really good like he fucking had some really solid material did he uh, give us a plug of course no they uh but what was <laughs> no what was super funny though for real is the fucking mc that uh brings him out he goes <laughs> he goes uh did we tell you this already <laughs> yeah he, he goes just like oh, adam deggy's played here and here you know he's like giving it and then he goes and he's also done like literally every <laughs> podcast in the world and i was like oh tight <laughs> yeah real bottom of the barrel shit i aspire to that this man will shamelessly stoop to any uh-huh. depth do any piece of shit podcast in the greater Grand rapids area i aspire to that for sure so all right let's fucking wrap it up boys hell yeah good hanging with you dudes yeah man thanks for coming back out Uh, check him out uh well shit he'll that gig tomorrow will be done any other gigs you want to plug anything when's this one coming out a couple days uh i don't know there's stuff in september (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm playing a couple of sub gigs with why not um flex is about done for the year Human Conditions playing at the Tip Top Deluxe on October uh, 13th. Well, just go to Mike Screttenlieb, com. <laughs> no, I'll plug it everywhere. I'm uh, I'm Mux Mike all over the internet. M-U-X-M-I-K-E. All right. You can always find me. Cool. Thanks for coming out, brother. For sure. Peace. Peace.